is the 2nd of August of 2020. You're listening to Aaron and Patricia. My name is Aaron. My name is Patricia. And Patricia, I don't know why I feel really fired up this week. I hmm. I mean, I guess it's, you know, the beginning of August, so new month means new opportunities. I guess so, yeah. So uh, we're going to get into uh, another round of episodes. Uh, I think we're on episode 23. I think we are. I always lose count of these things. So uh, yeah, it's yeah. Best. I think I think we're just about there. Yeah. We're just about there. Yeah. So uh, actually, one thing I'm gonna do this month, and uh, I don't know if anyone's been checking out the f- uh, Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Arrow Meta Show. Uh, one thing I'm th- looking at is that we don't seem to get too many responses from Facebook. From oh. So this is what I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna do something interesting here. I'm gonna usually go all through. So basically, how it's working is at the minute is that uh, Facebook doesn't seem to be getting very, very many messages, but uh, Tumblr and Twitter and sometimes Instagram seems to get a lot of traction. So what I'm gonna do is uh, for this month alone, I am and uh, people who are listening to this episode only know this right now until they basically tell everybody else. I'm not gonna post this episode to Facebook. Okay. Okay. So we're going to see what happens to the numbers when I don't post it to Facebook. So I'm going to see if uh, it makes a difference or if it doesn't. And because uh, I'm going to be honest with you, because uh, I mean, regards to like some of the negative stuff I've heard about Facebook and also the fact that uh, Facebook seems to be pretty much dead uh, at this point, I'm just thinking uh, if we go a month without getting any like, uh, you know, negative uh, on our numbers or, um, you know, if uh, we get no. Further traction coming from Facebook. I might consider just you know letting it be and just letting it go, mm-hmm. and we just concentrate on other things. And uh, and for those of you who are listening on the podcast feed who want to follow us, not on Facebook, we want to follow us other places. It's at Arameta Show A R U N M E H T A S H O W for both Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to ask me a question uh, on arameta.tumblr.com, then you're much welcome to do so, and uh, we will play them on the show if we get them. So that'll all be fair fun as well. So, uh, Patricia, before we get further into our show, do you want to tell everybody what's going on on the Old School Lane podcast? Uh, yes. So, um, as you guys know, uh, we had posted a new episode of Insert to the Crystal Skull discussing about the mask. Well, we'll talk about that more later. But I actually uploaded an episode that I did last week of Casual Chats on YouTube where I interviewed uh, Nikita Kalam, who was the original voice of young Nala from The Lion King. And she has done a whole bunch of other things on movies and TV shows. And, uh, you know, my co-host Liam and I, uh, interviewed her, and uh, she was very wonderful. Uh, if you were interested in checking that out, then you can go check it out on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or even on YouTube. I've noticed that um, when it comes to like these um, interviews, like uh, the the most recent interviews that I've had with people such as Eric Roberts, um, also with uh, you know Nikita, and also with uh, the people from the Quarantine Bunch. They seem to get a lot more traction on, you know, those sites as opposed to on YouTube. And I actually did a poll not too long ago discussing, but I've noticed that whenever I do a premiere on these episodes of Casual Chats where I have like a special guest, I, I noticed that the numbers were very, very low. And I did a poll saying like, hey, I was wondering why is that? And I gave the options, it's like, is it because you don't get any notifications of it? Is it because maybe the premiere time is either too early or too late? Or 
maybe because you just don't really care about the topic or the person. And the majority of it is that they don't really care about the person or the topic. So that's why most recently I've been seeing numbers increasing with like Spotify and Anchor and all those places as opposed to YouTube where my numbers are at an all-time low. You know, I'm starting to wonder, are premieres overrated? At this point, like, I, you know, it's like it seems to be a, a novelty that everyone seems to be able to do on YouTube. Like, you know, everyone can do like a premiere of an episode. You know, like yeah, on top of that as sure. well, like, when it's uh, when it's also when it's part of a long running series. You know, on top of that as well, like I, I think I just don't think there's much novelty to it. I think uh, for me, if uh, you know, and by the way, I've been gone off YouTube for a very very long time. The YouTube channel's still there, but you know, all it does is kind of link back to my social media accounts. That's all it does. But for me, I, I just feel like uh, you know, once an episode goes up, it goes up. You know, like it's just it's. Uh, I, I'm not in like in, in a particular. Uh, rush, I don't think, really, on YouTube to kind of like, you know, go see a premiere of an episode, you know, unless it's you, unless it's you sweetheart, of course, <laughs> you know, like, you know, but in regards to like just YouTube in general, like, you know, I here's the thing about this: a lot of people who I I subscribe to on YouTube um, are either in the United States or they're in a country where the time zone just doesn't permit me to basically be able to turn up for a premiere at a particular date. So what do I do? I just wait in my subscription feed until that video appears. You know? Same thing with... Uh, here's the thing about this. Uh, you know AVGN, you know, James Rolfe, he doesn't seem to do premieres of his episodes as far as I'm aware. No, he doesn't. No. So I'm just thinking maybe maybe it's just not... A, maybe it's just an over, an over an overrated novelty. Maybe you probably shouldn't... Just, probably shouldn't uh, do premieres of the episodes. Maybe you should just just put them out and wait for well, the Well, the reason to go. why I started doing I started doing premieres back in last September when I premiered the very first episode of Heroic Gemmer Junk discussing about Cyber Six. And the response of it was incredibly overwhelming. Like a lot of people really enjoyed my discussion of the video. I mean, it was a 59 minute video. I put in like a lot of work into it. I put like over almost a year worth of research. Uh, you know, I wanted to do Heroic Gemmer Junk back around 2017. And, you know, for some reason or another, I just never got around to it. So wasn't this was, like, the, a wasn't the first episode of like, it wasn't Gemma Junk like a new series that you were doing separate from casual yes. chats yeah well yes. that'll probably be the reason why people probably would have wanted, wanted to check out to see what it, what was new you know so i think uh, yeah maybe, maybe, maybe that's the trick i mean like uh, and i'm sorry everybody we're talking about some you know production stuff <laughs> on, on the actual show itself but uh yeah i i just think these things out loud and you know when uh i hear them so uh but uh yeah that, 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 but here's that's the thing thought. like when it that's comes my... to yeah, but here's the thing, like, the um, episode that I did of, you know, such um, topics such as, you know, Door and the Lost City of Gold and, um, you know, various others, uh, they tend to get, like, slightly more uh, people talking about it, and it's like, okay, you know, if it's, like, a topic that they're interested in, sure, but if it's something that they don't even know what it's about or who, you know, the, the person that, you know, myself or Liam and I are interviewing them... It's just, oh, uh, you know, I don't care about this. I'll just wait until later. So, well, you know, I mean, in regards to in regards to Dora the Explorer, I mean, like, let's face it, it was a it was a over it was an overhyped movie that had Michael Bay involved with a Nicolo Nick Junior, uh, you know, uh, intellectual property involved in it. I think it, it definitely warranted morbid curiosity. I think. 
when you, when you really yeah. put all the elements together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then when we did the um, the Goofy Movie and Extremely Goofy Movie podcast, not only was it because it was the anniversary of a Goofy movie, and also a lot of people loved the movie when they saw it as a kid, as a kid, but also we had Tunerific Tariq on board, and you know he's a very prominent YouTuber. He has like over one hundred thousand subscribers, so I guess that's another reason. But yeah, for the most part, I'm. You know, maybe for casual chats, maybe I won't do premieres, but I'll only do premieres for videos only. So mm. that's probably what I'll do. Okay. So anyway, with all that out of the way. Oh, by the way, one thing we want to mention it off with in search of the Crystal Skull, poor Toongrin. He really wanted to talk about the mask. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's the thing about Toongrin. I did say to him on on Facebook, I mean, you said to him you do casual chats at some point, which we always, uh, you know, he's open to as well. But uh, I said to him, you know, like, if there's a movie that's between 70 80% on Rotten Tomatoes that he really wants to talk about that isn't the mask and uh, we're going to do it for a future episode, I left the door open for him to, you know, kind of come on and... Tell yeah, us, yeah. Man. So if uh, Y Boy or Nero, if you guys are listening to this, and if there is a mediocre, um, uh, you know, movie that had like a low rating on Rotten Tomatoes, whether it be in the sixty or seventy percent range, or maybe it wasn't a mediocre movie, but just a movie that just got mixed reviews from critics, and you know, just let us know. Yeah. So that will be coming up later on in the show. Uh, coming up in our show today, we're going to talk about the gulf between uh, Mexican between Republicans and Democrats in regards to coronavirus. Uh, some election twenty twenty news. Um, why TikTok might be banned. Talk about that too. Uh, Barack Obama uh, pays tribute to uh, John Lewis at his uh, at his funeral, and also he had uh, plenty to say in his uh, in his eulogy as well. Uh, Black Lives Matter. We'll be talking about that too. Uh, Dwayne Johnson might have had a very obscure role. Uh, we'll definitely tell you about what that might have been. Uh, also, uh, some Hey Arnold, Rugrats news. Also, some Pixar news, and also some stuff from Nintendo. And also for a, a, a very obscure thing about Dragon Ball Z, which we'll be telling you about at the very end of the show. And also some stuff about Ellen DeGeneres in regards to the toxic workplace allegations that have seemed to have engulfed her, the Ellen Show. So uh, we'll tell you all about that. You're all listening to Aaron and Patricia. So, Patricia, let's start off with this first news. Uh, the gulf between Republicans and Democrat states in regards to coronavirus AIDS has uh, been displayed in nine charts. And so, given the fact that you brought this to my attention, I'll give you the chance to delete this. Okay. So, this is a New York Times article written by Alicia Parlapiano. And she was giving a bit of an overlap between what the Republican plan and what the Democratic plan was to help people who were going through the coronavirus. This was including uh, these nine cases. This was small business aid, business tax breaks, stimulus check, health care, unemployment benefits, state and local aid, safety uh, net tax breaks. So as you guys know, um, this uh, last month uh, was the last month that people who were unemployed were going to get like, you know, $600 a week from their paychecks. I mean, that is now completely gone. No more are we going to be getting that. So now the Republicans are proposing that maybe we should be able to have $200 per week until December. But... Democrats want to continue the higher payments, like, you know, the $600 a week, all the way until January. And uh, we have the comparison right over here that the Republican plan for the reduced benefits is $110 billion, while the Democrats want to do $437 billion. Now there's also the discussion about the stimulus checks. Now, the stimulus checks, uh, the Democrats are still wanting to do maybe like $1,200, uh, you know, depending on 
you know, the status about like if you're married, if you have kids, if you're single, if you're this or that. So um, the Republican plan, they want to do the second round of stimulus checks to around $300 billion, while the Democrats want to do it for $413 billion. Now, this is one that the Republicans are definitely leaning towards, and that is small business aid. Now, a lot of small businesses, unfortunately, have shut down due to the coronavirus. I mean, imagine that you're starting a business for the very first year. And most um, statements say that you lose your business in the first year, whether it be that you don't get a lot of customers or um, you aren't able to balance between the bills and uh, whatever that you're doing or, you know, the employees, you have to pay them a certain amount of things. And then there's like um, worrying about health insurance and safety and all that kind of stuff. So um, the Democrats were definitely leaning towards protecting small businesses, which um, according to what it says right here with the, the plan, they want to do a second draw protecting them for $90 billion and recovery uh, loans for struggling businesses for $100 billion. Well, as for the Democrats, they want to do absolutely nothing. And then we have the aid to state and local governments. Now, the Democrats propose that they want to give at least $1 trillion to help the local governments to help reduce revenue for the increased spending that's been going on during the coronavirus. But the Republican Party, they want to be able to do um, plans for schools and that they have people coming into classes while the Democrats, they want, you know, everything to be virtual. So the Republican plan for the, uh, funding is, uh, 105 billion while the Democrats is not 915 billion with more education funding for 90 billion and Medicaid funding for 81 billion. And finally, we have the safety net and individual tax cuts, which we know that the Republicans, they don't usually do tax cuts, especially to the rich because you know, they're buddy buddies. Mm -hmm. The Democrats want to be able to include hundreds of billions of dollars in spending on stuff such as safety net programs. And hey, if we need to tax people, that especially if it's in crucial times, then yeah, we need to do taxing. Taxing would include food assistance, housing, uh, emergency retirement, um, healthy uh, health savings, and all that kind of stuff, and also for childcare. So the the Republicans want to do fifteen billion on the childcare, and the housing would be three billion. Democrats want to do one hundred and nineteen billion. Uh, they want to eliminate the salt deduction cap for two years for one hundred and thirty-seven billion. Food assistance, $35 billion. Hazard pay fund for essential workers, $190 billion. Housing support for $202 billion. Tax credits and deductions for workers and child care for $35 billion. And others for $18 billion. And then we have the last one. Uh, I think, um, no, we have the second to last one, uh, which is the health care. So health care is very crucial, especially since we are going through a massive pandemic where, as of the recording of this podcast, over 150,000 people in America have died from the virus. And we have over 600,000 people who have died from the virus globally. So we need to be really crucial with healthcare, especially since, um, you know, people are still working hard in a pandemic. A lot of people are forcibly have to go back to work because, you know, they have no other choice. It's either this or, you know, going homeless and starving to death. So when it comes to the Republican plan, they want to do $16 billion on COVID testing, vaccines uh, and diagnostics for $26 billion. Uh, health agency, community health funds for $32 billion, health providing funding for $25 billion. 
Then we have the COBRA payments for laid off workers for the Democrats. They want to pay $98 billion. Reimburse providers for lost revenue and expenses for $100 billion. COVID treatment costs for $90 billion. And COVID testing for $75 billion. And then you have the, the business taxes, which uh, just like I mentioned before about the tax cuts, you know, uh, Republicans don't really like to be taxing, especially with um, the rich. So there's that. Okay, ex a Republican expanded tax credit to retain workers, a hundred billion. Tax credit to encourage hiring, fifty billion. Tax credit for COVID protection, fifty billion. Restaurant expense deduction, three billion. Democrats expanded tax credit to retain workers, one hundred and sixty-four billion. Credits for employer expenses and closed business for seventy-three billion. Uh, $32 billion for extend and expand paid leave credit and tax credit for self-employment. Now, if you're just tuning in, you didn't want to listen to all that, you know, rumbling and mumbling for about six minutes. <laughs> I'm just going to do the, the shortened version. So um, small business aid, $200 billion for the Republicans, zero for the Democrats. Um, business tax breaks, um, 203 for the Republicans, 36 for the Democrats. Stimulus check, 300 billion for the Republicans, 436 for the Democrats. Healthcare, 111 billion for the Republicans, 382 billion for the Democrats. Unemployment benefits, 110 billion for the Republicans, 437 million for the Democrats. State and local aid, 105 billion for the, um, for the Republicans, over a trillion for the Democrats, and finally, 18 billion for the Republicans, and 736 million for a billion for the Democrats. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. you, you, you look at these numbers, it's like it's the tale of two Americas, isn't it? Like, you know, like yeah. uh, there's um, the, the Republicans obviously are on the side of business, and obviously, you got the Democrats who are on the, on the side of people who have nothing. You know, that's basically yes. what, what it looks like. And I'm just really surprised that, you know, these, these people cannot meet up in the middle and say that, okay, we're going to basically do this. I was about that as well, like, in regards to small business aid, I mean, like, I sort of sympathize with the Democrats in that regard, because if you look at it, they're, 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 you know, 1.01 billion has already gone into this already. You know, just to keep things afloat. So, like, the idea that the, the Republicans think that all of a sudden more is needed you know, in regards to that, and like, I get like the money pot, pot has already run dry, and obviously it needs, uh, it needs replenishing again, but at the same time, I mean, like, something's got to give, I mean, and to say, to someone, say oh, we're going to keep sticking more into this that we've already stuck in, but we're not going to put in any more for, like, you know, state or local, we're not really that much for state and local aid, and, uh, you know, in regards to the safety net, which, you know, a lot of people, like, keep in mind, 50% of the country is currently under the, under the line at the minute, in regards to what's happened with the coronavirus. So the idea that you can just, uh, you know, keep the uh, small businesses going, well, keep in mind, these are small businesses. They're not, you know, hiring, you know, a ton of people at the minute, you probably imagine. And, you know, on top of that as well, like, even these small businesses that are still going uh, as well, like, uh, there's no guarantee that they're going to keep those people employed as well. So where, where are they going to go? They're going to go to this, into the end of getting, crashing into the safety net, which is something that you need. And so the the Democrats, I totally sympathize in regards to the fact that they want to, uh, you know, jam it up by a trillion. But at the same time, like, uh, that's a lot, you know, a trillion is a lot of money. So I keep everyone on safety net. On top of that as well, it's not something that you can keep sustained, you know, for a long period of time. You, you eventually, somewhere down the line, you're going to need to get people back into work. So, like, you know, is there not an, a, ch a chance? And I get and I get this is the, you know, Democrats versus the Republicans. I get polarization and everything like that. But in regards to this, the fact of the coronavirus, unfortunately, the, the only way to get through this is that everyone's going to have to work together and uh, find a middle ground in all of this. Yeah, but they're not because, you know, they just have such, 
different ideals of how they think that this country should be ran that they'll sadly never agree. It's like, you know, the, the Democrats are leaning more towards helping people in need when it comes to healthcare and education and, you know, getting people the opportunity to, you know, wait it down until everything is back in order. Well, the Republicans are all about, you know, kickstarting business and they're giving less and less money. I mean, the, the biggest amount of money that they were able to give was, um, you know, for local aid for, you know, like, oh, we need to be able to help the state and for the businesses. While the Democrats, you know, they're they're pouring like double or even triple the amount of money that the Republicans we're doing so i mean again this isn't this, this uh, isn't you, actually you know, you know what's amazing about it is, is that you know uh, the the amount of money that the democrats want to spend on uh, state and local aid where do you think that what states do you think they're going to go to uh well let's see i mean obviously the bigger states like with uh california yeah well, no, no, no 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 well no actually no um do, do you know the biggest uh, recipients of welfare in in america are red states Oh, well, yeah. So obviously he's going to go to, you know, like to the southern states like Texas. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. Like, you know, that's basically how it's amazing how people vote for these uh, Republican you know, politicians who talk about how the, the evils of like the welfare state and stuff like that. Yet, you know, they are the largest recipients of it. You know, like mm -hmm. it's just it's a, it's a, it's it's amazing how you know the Democrats want to continue keeping you know, pouring money into this uh, in, in, into these systems and uh, you know and get basically get a slap in the face in the return. You know when you when you think about it, it's it's it's, it's incredible. And uh, so in regards to the Republicans, I mean we already know they were about business anyway, so obviously none of their proposals make you know uh, any are any surprising in that regard. But uh, you know in regards to the fact that you know millions of people now are, are going to fall into unemployment, millions of people are going to uh, you know fall out of healthcare and everything like that. You know like uh, um, the, the the Democratic plan makes a lot of sense, but at the same time, I mean the, the Democrats can't just go in with this plan alone. They need to have a game plan of basically saying, okay, well we've got these people cover but how in the world are we going to get them back into the workplace you know with all this mm -hmm. stuff going on that that's the million you know that's the trillion dollar question not the fact that not the state and local aid you know <laughs> it's like uh, that, that's the that's the trillion dollar question that they need to answer in regards to getting people away from the welfare state and back into the workplace and be able to you know um you, you know get things going for themselves yeah. So. And I, I mean again you know these aren't numbers that have actually happened these are just like all the proposals that have been, you know, have been uh, presented over. So exactly, and it's deadlock. So, like, you know, these proposals will still be proposals unless there's something somebody actually gets up and does something, mm -hmm. which obviously isn't going to happen in an ele in election time. Yeah, this is right. the this is the worst time to have an election, isn't it? When you really think it, when you really think about it. But at the same time, you know, in regards to energy, we might just move into election news at pretty much at this point. So, um, I mean, shall we talk about the fact that Trump wanted to postpone the election? At one point, yep. yeah. So that ain't happening because you need Congress. So that conversation is dead, dead in the dead in the water, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I mean, he, he he thinks that just because he's the president, he thinks he can do whatever he wants. It's like I propose that we do this, and it's like no, that doesn't work that way. Well, he'll he'll sign an executive order about it, and then he'll get challenged in the Supreme Court, and then uh, you know because it's obviously unconstitutional, and uh, then he's basically just uh, hey, here's the thing about this. Like, uh, I mean, let's go for all the. Um, the, the the bits before we obviously get to the punchline, if you will, like the end of this. But uh, um, so in regards to election twenty twenty news, uh, Biden's losing in Georgia. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's something that seems to be going. Mind you, Georgia's a red state anyway. So like, sure. uh, I mean, it's uh, it's not like a massive loss. I think in regards to the Biden campaign, given the fact that he's currently leading in Texas and also leading in Florida. 
you know, in regards to that, which is quite, you know, by, by small margins, I'll give them that. You know. Sure. And also, to be fair, if you remember from either last week or two weeks ago, I don't remember at this point, but we did mention that Biden was winning by a few points in Texas. Mm -hmm. So, Andrew, I want to see a four or five percent, you know, break in between Trump and, and, and Biden before we even start, you know, saying, oh, hey, he's going to lose Texas. You know, like mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're not there yet. We're basically in like in the in the margins of error realms. I think in regards to Biden, it could still it could still turn red like in the, by the flimsiest of margins, and then people will be kind of sitting there like, "Oh wow, you know, Trump nearly lost Texas." You know, that's where that's where we are in the minute. I think in regards to uh, that, in regards to that things. You know, here's the thing about this: like, uh, there's uh, two bits which really concern me in regards to uh, the Trump campaign at the minute. Do you know they stopped campaigning in Michigan? Really? Yeah, Michigan. So you know the the, the state that Trump won. Pretty much, he, he turned that into a, into a battleground state. Pretty much in 2016. Now apparently, well, they're saying that they pulled ads to re review the messaging, but apparently the money apparently has already been diverted into other states. Mm -hmm. So what they're doing is they they pretty much, yeah, from what I can see, they've given up on Michigan, and now they're going to try and basically save some of their other seats they think they could probably lose. Oh wow! So I mean, maybe they are diverting money into Texas. Maybe they are diverting money into Florida. Maybe they are worried about losing those those states, but they they will sacrifice Michigan in the process. But mind you, the problem with that is is that if uh, he loses Michigan and he loses Iowa and he loses the, he loses Pennsylvania and he loses the Rust Belt states, it's over. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, especially since if you guys remember that, depending on which state that you're at, it you know if you get that majority of the votes, it it garners a, a lot of points. So like the smaller states, it, it'll only give you like a few points. Well, like more of the bigger states can grant you a ton of points that will be leading up to not only the election, but also to the Electoral College. And the Electoral College was what had Trump winning in the first place, as opposed to Hillary Clinton, even though that she got, the you know, more votes than Trump. So, yeah, yeah that's what he's doing. He's trying to get the states that are that he can be able to garner the most points and the ones that really loved him back in 2016 so that he can be able to do well in the election. That's why he's prolonging the election. It's not because, oh, you know, I don't want to have people, you know, being crowded in these buildings to get them sick from the virus. Is that, no, I think he's realizing that because, you know, he's not able to do the rallies, uh, the, the stuff that we talked about before with like Tulsa, Oklahoma and all those things. And, you know, the fact that, you know, he's, you know, constantly saying on Twitter, it's like, oh, you just don't like me. Uh, so he he's realizing that, hey, I could lose this election. Yeah. So um, but here's the thing about this as well. Like, uh, I mean, Democrats, in a way, are not playing this too smart either. I mean, when you think about it, because like, apparently there's been a lot of them complaining, like, you know, why is Biden not pushing enough in Montana? And it's like, well, because it's three electoral votes and it doesn't really matter all that much who wins Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much that. I mean, if it came to a nail-biter decision, you know, when we're going to California, we have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, maybe Montana then comes into play, but I don't think we're going to be in that situation if Texas is uh, tumbling and Florida is tumbling, and the Rust Belt states are also tumbling too. You know, yeah. like, uh, uh, here's the thing about this, though. I'm, I'm still not convinced it's going to be a Biden landslide. Well, I mean, again, it's still too early to tell. It is, yeah. I mean, like, I know we're less than 100 days from the election now. I mean, I think we're even less than that now, I think, because of this podcast. But uh, I'm just, here's the thing, I, I still believe that Trump is down and not out. I don't believe he's completely out of it yet. And yeah, I've heard about the fact that he's, you know, did you hear about this as well? Like, apparently he's taking money out of his campaign and putting it into his own, in his own hotel business. 
Why? 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 Because apparently he thinks he's gonna. The only the only thing I could probably think of is that he's probably gonna lose. Maybe that's what he's thinking now. Is that even legal? Can uh, you do that? Uh, well, we'll find out soon enough if they decide to take him to court over it. But uh, I mean, like, uh, I mean, let's face it. How many times have we in the in the four years that we've dealt with this presidency? How many times have you we said, "Is this legal? Is he allowed to do that? Are you sure about this?" Uh, I I lost count. I mean, just just like last week, we were discussing about like. You know, um, Trump has like his huge court order for, for something that he did that was against the law with, um, what was it like? Uh, I, oh, yeah. And now I remember um, you're, the, the attack that happened in the Middle East, you know, that, that he apparently led back last January about like, oh, we need to kill this uh, terrorist. It's like now the terrorists are saying, uh, you know, the, the country saying, hey, you killed our leader. You know, it, it, you know, once this presidential election happens, it's like, you know, we're going to see you in court. We're going to sue you for this. And then uh, we jokingly well, said, uh, sorry, yeah, and, then we, and then we jokingly said, well, you're going to have to get in line because apparently of everything else he's done. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, we remember that, actually. It was like, because uh, they're going to take him to, uh, I think it was the International Criminal Court, I think they're going to take him to. That's even what it was, like, yes. Yeah, even though the United States are no longer a signatory to it. You know, oh, gee, I wonder why. But, uh, I mean, like, uh, in regards to that, um, yeah, I mean, like, there's a, there, from what I understand, there's a, a case that's currently resting on a prosecutor's desk in New York City at the minute. There's a few other things, apparently, that... Oh, there's all that... There's all those women as well that have uh, made uh, allegations of sexual, you know, misconduct uh, with uh, with Donald Trump, too. So those cases are still... Possibly still sitting there, maybe. Who knows what's going on with them at the moment, or whether they'll even go to... Uh, you know, here's the thing about this. Like, if all these court cases start going, you know, start going, coming action, then you're going to say, have Donald Trump sitting around in a courtroom? Like, you know, like, uh, imagine that. Like, that, that'll be a bigger trial than O.J. Simpson. Oh, yeah. Like, it will it's be a like former president trial... sat in, the, uh, in, in, in a courtroom with uh, all these allegations over his head, or maybe multiple courtrooms for that matter. I, I, again, like we mentioned back uh, a few months ago about how, you know, there's like this huge amount of allegations involving with business, involving with money, involving with, um, you know, uh, manipulating the court to get certain people arrested, like uh, the Central Park Five incident. Um, there's also, um, you know, all the people like, I mean, this, the Stormy Daniels incident where, you know, he paid a, a prostitute, you know, a certain amount of money to like, well, that's know, an allegation at this point. I don't think it actually was like a hundred percent proven or anything like that, but so, Again, so I mean, out, yeah. you know, what if, what if she reveals more information or maybe there was even proof like, you know, from, well, I mean, or, given the fact that he's yeah. currently president at the minute, I mean, it wouldn't hurt for her to do it. I mean, and also on top of that as well with Mary Trump's book out like, you know, how, how much further damage could you do to Trump at this point? You know, like uh, the the only thing left is now if anything comes out of with that uh, from uh, uh, that that Maxwell girl from the Jeffrey Epstein incident. Mm -hmm. You know, like that—that's the last thing. And also, well, actually, to tell you what, actually, I lie. There's also that that the allegation of like that sex tape apparently he made, as well. Yeah. So there's that too. So like, the, the, yeah, the, there's a lot to 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 um to, to to go through in regards to the uh you know the sleaze that seems to be uh, through the through the the Donald Trump empire. That seems to seems to be uh uh seeing in this whole reality show of this presidency that we seem to be seeing as well. So, uh, plenty more to go. No doubt about that. Um, so, oh, so, so, sticking with Trump at the minute, um, you know he had a campaign rally in, T in Tampa, Florida? Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, 93 people showed up. 
out of uh, and and what is the maximum amount of people to fit into this place? Um, apparently, he landed on he landed in an airport with Air Force One, so you could fit a, a hell of a lot of people. I probably imagine it's open. It's an open space. Oh, of course it is. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure that. Let me guess. Like no mandatory masks. Um, as far as I'm aware, probably, I, I didn't see, I mean, I can only see the backs of people, but apparently according to one of the reporters, I think that one of the reporters from the New York Times apparently was there, he only counted 93 people turning up. Oh, wow, that's, that is really sad. That must be, like, a huge, um, dent into his ego. It's like, you know, like, more than, like, one-fourth or one-eighth of the people that he was expecting in Oklahoma to turn up was like pretty much gunned down because of people using TikTok and K-pop fans. And then we have this huge thing in Jacksonville where out of like thousands and thousands of people to show up, only 93 showed up. Is this, I, I think I even saw a picture of this recently. I'm just looking at this. So the last time, uh, the population of Tampa, Florida apparently is nearly around about 400,000 people. So out yes. of, of 400,000 people in Tampa, Florida, only 93 bothered to show to see the president. And here's the thing, like Florida is a red state. So they would be all over <laughs> for now, you know. Like if the if the polling data is anything to go by, it might not be it might not be read for so much longer, you know. Like uh, so, let's just see where this goes in regards. To, imagine I also thought as well. Like I believe uh, you know Florida went to Obama in uh, in in '08, didn't it? Yeah, no. yeah, it, it, they did actually. And you know what? It's kind of funny because back when I was in college, in uh, my last year of college was around 2008, and. Uh, Obama was actually going to be preaching at our school and I wanted to talk to my um, uh, I was working at the computer lab at the time and I was like hey uh, I was talking to my supervisor I was wondering if I can be able to go see you know uh, uh, Senator Obama you know give this speech about um, you know uh, wanting to become president and you know talking to the kids. And she said no, because she was a hardcore Republican. So I wasn't able to go see Obama preach at our school, which I'm still kind of mad at to this day. It's like, you know, I could have seen the future president of the United States talking at our school, but yeah. I could because, you know, my, my supervisor was a Republican. And let's be honest, I mean, I needed that job. I needed money. No so, so uh, oh yeah, by the way, just to clarify something, uh, uh, but Florida twice on 2008 and 2012 did go Democrat uh, for, uh, for Barack Obama in the presidential election. So it, it is doable. You know, like, uh, so in the last, um, I mean, it has gone twice Republican. Is it, in, at least from the 2000s, it's gone three times red and gone two times blue. So it is flippable in regards to, uh, in terms of that. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I was just about to say earlier about um, the picture. Did you see the picture of, like, you know, the, all the empty seats and then one person with a mask on held a Make America Great Again hat. Was that actually part of that recent um, Jacksonville rally? No, that was uh, that was the, that was the Tulsa rally. Oh, okay. And I, I, I've been seeing that picture all over, you know, social media. Because I've been so posting it. <laughs> <laughs> of course you have. Of course you have. Oh, I'm naughty. So you're uh, you're the worst. Yeah. So um, the, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, uh, I mean, I, at the moment, like, it's. Uh, it, I have to say, uh, I don't think Donald Trump is out of the election, but it is looking pretty good for Joe Biden at the minute, and he's basically doing nothing. 
if you really think about it, like, he's, you know, people have been calling for him to defund the police, and that uh, relates to our Black Lives Matter discussion probably later on in the show, and he's not going to do that, and he's also asked about Medicare for All, he's not going to do that, and, uh, and he's also asked about basically core Democrat policies that uh, many uh, enthusiastic Democrats want him to do, and he seems to be basically saying poo-pooing these and saying that, oh no, we're going to go through the... Uh, the same uh, rhetoric that uh, we went through last time in uh, in 2016, only except it's not Hillary; it's uh, you know Joe Biden. And uh, apparently, in this instance, he seems to be doing well. And the only thing I can really put it down to is the fact that uh, you know there's a deadly virus going around. Uh, there's um, you know millions of people are out of work. Uh, millions of people have lost their healthcare coverage. And Donald Trump is a complete piece of shit who can't run who can't run a, who can't run a bath. So he's, uh, you know, he's, you know, right now Joe Biden, I think, is a far better place uh, than Hillary Clinton was in 2016. Yeah, and, and it's actually interesting about like how saying nothing um, can take you a lot of places, opposed to saying something that's really bad. I think I remember like news well, about it's, a it's, it's a great it's a great debating tactic. Just let him let him trip over his own words. You know, like, uh, yeah. just let him just speak out. And uh, then, you know, uh, I, I'm sure there's... Uh, I, I can't remember who it was who came up with the uh, the phrase, you know, uh, speak softly and carry a big stick. Mm-hmm. You know, and like... Uh, but in the case, even Joe Biden just... Uh, he's left his stick at home. He just let him talk. And, uh, and just after that, it's... Uh, you know, and, and uh, it's all good stuff for when he gets to the debates, because when he gets to the debates, all he has to do basically is just be himself and uh, just be able to kind of talk Donald Trump right out of the park. And we all know what Donald Trump is like in a debate. He can't hold his own at all. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he has to go for those, you know, cheap quips. And by the way, um, when we go to those debates as well, do, do you think they're going to have an audience? I don't think they will. Hmm. You know, because I think coronavirus will get to the point where, like, when we get to November, if we get to November and the second wave is all being talked about, they, they will not let people in. It will basically just be uh, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, and the moderator, and that will be it. Yep, that'll be it. Yeah, I mean, there'll be uh, no journalists, no photographers, no people watching. It's just going to be them, you know, for that for many reasons. But it'll be like the um, it'll be like the first televised uh, debate between uh, Kennedy and Nixon. You know, so like uh, it'll be like it'll be between those two, and uh, in a in a stu- in a TV studio, it'll be like uh, it'll be like old times. You know, mm-hmm. if, uh, if you're old enough to remember the uh, the Nixon Kennedy election, <laughs> right? So yeah, I-, I was just about to say that um, you know before we close things off, it kind of reminds me of the story about the football player who was caught in some allegations regarding about like you know oh you know he cheated on this or he took this and uh, his. His uh, coach was telling him, you know, he, he was about to be interviewed, saying, like, I cannot say anything at the moment because I don't want to be sued. So they were asking him a whole bunch of questions about, like, you know, how do you feel about this? Uh, what do you think about people saying this about you? And the only thing that he said was, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to risk being sued. So it's like the Miranda rights, you know, speak, um, you know, like, uh, you know, if you have anything to say, then say it. But, you know, sometimes in cases, maybe you can't say it. So... You have to be careful about what you say, or maybe you shouldn't say anything, and that's just enough for it. So, you know, I guess Joe Biden's uh, rule is like, I'm going to let, you know, Trump speak as much as he wants. And, you know, if he says something, then, you know, he can't blame Biden for anything because he didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, moving on, uh, I guess you could say this is somewhat um, related to um, the election talk as well, but uh, Donald Trump wants to ban TikTok. Yep. Yeah. Now, and, and it's not, it's let, 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 let's let's just 
you know, uh, show our views on TikTok as well. Like, you, we, we all remember the autism challenge and remember how horrible that was and everything like that. And yeah. we kind of, like, uh, you know, skewered TikTok for that and uh, saying that, you know, it's a Chinese company that doesn't really care about, about other people and that. And so, you know, our love for TikTok is non-existent in regards to that. So uh, we even did an episode called Don't Do TikTok Tates. So, like, you know, that's how much we dislike TikTok. But in this regard as well, like, you know, he wants to ban it because he believes that it's uh, causing... American data to uh, go into the hands of the uh, the Chinese government, but l- let's be real about this. Like uh, we all remember what happened in Tulsa in regards yeah. to that rally and what what TikTok users did in regards to sabotage the um, stadium rally that he held there to the point where you know no not very many people showed up and uh, it was uh, it was pretty much a disaster at this point and also got people killed. Pretty much, you know, Herman Cain went there without a mask, and um, he got the virus and passed away. You know, uh, yeah. and you know, uh, God rest his soul. So um, this was, the, and that was, it was a not just a um, an electoral disaster; it was a mortal disaster and a uh, deadly disaster, to say the least, because a lot of people got sick from that rally. And now it's also Oklahoma now has this problem with uh, the coronavirus. Because of that. So, um, you know, in regards to um, TikTok's role in all of this, I mean, like, uh, you could say that they probably stopped people from getting more sick, I guess you could say, even though that wasn't the intention. But let's face it, I think uh, Donald Trump's uh, belief in getting rid of TikTok does not rest in the fact that he's worried about the Chinese. He's more worried about the fact that it's affecting his campaign. Yeah, but then again, you know, I guess like just that small bit in Tulsa, Oklahoma, you know, as well as all the other stupid stuff that he's done, is starting to like spread out because we just talked about what happened in Jacksonville and only 93 people showed up after like, you know, thousands and it happens to be a red state nonetheless. It's like, yeah, I mean, he's starting to feel the effects. It's like he can't blame TikTok for that. I mean, TikTok had nothing to do well, with he's going to. He's going to ban it. So, like, you know, that's his, uh, that's his going to be his next rallying call in regards to uh, getting rid of TikTok. So, um, apparently, this has forced uh, ByteDance to potentially, who is the Chinese company, who is the parent company of TikTok, they might potentially be selling the American arm of TikTok over to Microsoft for a $22 billion deal. From what, what mm-hmm. we understand, so uh, but apparently that's been rejected. Uh, from what I understand, apparently there's still uh, things going on with that. But uh, I mean, I'm just not convinced that what they are doing here is for the benefit of American security. I do believe it's just the fact that Donald Trump believes that that was the the, the app responsible for sabotaging his uh, his uh, comeback campaign from trying to get people away from the coronavirus, and uh, but instead has ended up kind of like embarrassing him. So I mean that's exactly well, that's exactly why he's doing it. I mean if it was I mean if a similar thing happened on Twitter, I'm sure he would have done the same thing. I highly doubt he thinks outside that much of the box. <laughs> you know, I I, re- I really I really doubt he does. But uh, so you know, here's the thing about this as well. Like all those TikTok users as well. Like you know, let, let's face it, we're '90s kids. I mean, we make no secret of that on this show. And so the idea that we understand Gen Z, I think, is uh, is uh, we're not experts in that field by any stretch of the imagination. We only kind of like reminisce on what we believed in our childhoods and you know where we grew up with it to this day. But um, imagine you know being you know waking up in the morning and find that TikTok is no longer accessible on your phone. Uh, what what are you gonna do? Like, you know, you're, you're going to go to another social media website and you're going to rant about how TikTok was taken away and who was responsible for it. And mm-hmm. that just, and you know, that, that has the, I bet you that has probably the, the Democrat National Convincey probably rubbing their hands with glee. Because all of a sudden now they've got millions upon millions of people who are pissed off with Donald Trump and pissed off with the Republican Party for doing isn't that. that really, isn't that sad, by the way, that people 
would be angry and lead over to the Republican Party, not because of, you know, Donald Trump doing the the bans of, you know, various countries to prevent, you know, international students from going to school in America so that they can be able to better themselves. Or, hey, um, you know, getting rid of um, the WHO and getting rid of other organizations that are supposed to be helping us with health and with connecting with other countries and, you know, allowing, you know, people going into like detention centers and also a whole bunch of other stupid things. The one reason that they'll like that one tipping point is because their favorite website where they would just post seven second stupid videos has been banned because of Trump. And now they're just going to lean over to that. Well, because, well, here's the thing about this, Patricia, like, you know, people don't really realize how bad things get until it finally affects them. You know, it's like this coronavirus. Like, you know, the, the people who are taking it seriously are the people who know that of people who have been affected by it. Like you and me. We know people who have got, got got this virus and have had uh, horrendous effects from it. So, like, you know, of course you and I are going to take it seriously because we know people. And also the fact that, we, you know, we're smart enough to listen to scientists and experts who know what the fuck they're talking about. But the other people out there who aren't exposed to that and don't have a freaking clue about how viruses work or, you know, why you should wear a mask or anything like that, they're going to do shit until someone dies from it that they know or someone gets really badly injured and kill, you know, get badly sick from it, you know? So, you know, unfortunately, that's how these these bubbles work in regards to why we can't deal with this properly, because the information just isn't getting through to people. And uh, we just have this uh, situation where um, it's, it's, you know, it's all right for you and me to be able to protect ourselves with all these other people who aren't smart enough to, uh, you know, uh, look through the evidence themselves and come to their own, you know, determination of what's going on. Or if they do come to a determination, they come to the wrong one about this virus so like uh, of course you know we're, you know it's going to be exactly the same for everything else in regards to that it doesn't you know people aren't going to take notice of something until it finally affects their daily lives yeah, yeah. I, i'm I, i'm just sad that you know with everything that's been going on in this country with all the effects of people with racial inequality and the virus and people being locked up and um, you know, less resources on environmental issues and health issues and education. Yeah, this is the tipping point for people. It's, it's, just, like, it's, it's just so frustrating because this is probably the exact exact moments where the Democrats could just trounce the Republican Party out of existence, but it probably won't, and it'll probably cost itself the election in November because of that. You know. It's like, you know, like, we're probably going to have to wait until, you know, more, you know, until a new generation of Democrats walk in before anything changes. I don't know. Really. It's just, it's, uh, yeah, but, uh, I mean, who knows at this point. Um, anyway, we've, uh, we're already about three quarters of the way through the show and only about, like, halfway down the list, so uh, we'll just keep pressing on. Um, I'm going to play a clip of the memorial service, the eulogy that uh, Barack Obama gave to uh, John Lewis's funeral. Have you listened to this, by the way, or are you listening to this for the first time? Um, I did listen to it briefly, but I was in a doctor's appointment that I don't even want to talk about. Okay, yeah, let's not. Let's, well, let me f- make you forget about that, and let me play this clip. So uh, this is about uh, about two-ish minutes, and uh, so we'll play this clip for everybody, and uh, then we'll react afterwards. Bull Connor may be gone, but today we witness with our own eyes police officers kneeling on the necks of black Americans. 
George Wallace may be gone, but we can witness our federal government sending agents to use tear gas and batons against peaceful demonstrators. We may no longer have to guess the number of jelly beans in a jar in order to cast a ballot. But even as we sit here, there are those in power who are doing their darndest to discourage people from voting by closing polling locations and targeting minorities and students with restrictive ID laws and attacking our voting rights with surgical precision, even undermining the Postal Service in the run-up to an election that's going to be dependent on mail-in ballots so people don't get sick. Now, I know this is a celebration of John's life. There are some who might say we shouldn't dwell on such things. But that's why I'm talking about it. John Lewis devoted his time on this earth fighting the very attacks on democracy and what's best in America that we're, we're seeing circulate right now. He knew that every single one of us has a God-given power and that the fate of this democracy depends on how we use it, that democracy isn't automatic. It has to be nurtured. It has to be tended to. We have to work at it. It's hard. And so he knew that it depends on whether we summon a measure, just a measure of John's moral courage to question what's right and what's wrong and call things as they are. He said that as long as he had a breath in his body, he would do everything he could to preserve this democracy. And as long as we have breath in our bodies, we have to continue his cause. Uh, Patricia, I'll give you the first chance to respond. Yeah, I mean, it's it's no surprise that, you know, when it comes to Obama, he always tends to, like, have um, various thoughts and examples about what he's talking about. And I I'm glad that he was able to give the respect for such a an amazing, you know, uh, civil rights leader as John Lewis was. Um, my pastor actually gave this really nice speech about John Lewis uh, the day that he found out that he passed away. And... Uh, it was, it, you know, it meant a lot. It meant a lot to him and to my church because, um, you know, they respect John Lewis and they even gave him, you know, an award and a and a, a portrait in his honor. So, uh, it's it's really heavily affected by the community for sure. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, everything. Can you fault anything that Obama said in his speech? 
Absolutely not. No, it's like, you know, a lot of what his stuff is saying is true. And a lot of people say, oh, you shouldn't bring this up during, you know, a, a memorial service. It's like, well, you know, when the guy who died kind of spent his entire career fighting for the things that Barack Obama was talking about, it is kind of relevant to bring this stuff up. Like, I heard, like, Tucker Carlson on Fox News uh, apparently criticize him for saying things like, how dare you say things that he campaigned for in his life, and uh, you, how dare you eulogize all of that? What the fuck are you talking about, Carlson? Hmm. What are you talking yeah. about, Tucker? <laughs> okay, but, yeah, I mean, here's the thing, like, I mean, even to the last of his days, he continued to fight against, you know, the civil rights movement. I mean, just... You know, during the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, he was there, you know, in a cane, walking across the Edmund Peters Bridge, just like he did 50 years ago, trying to stand up for racial equality. So you're trying to tell me that you shouldn't mention those things? No, you should, because that's what his legacy is. And by the way, while we're talking about that bridge, you might want to change his name. You might put that name on his bridge by while you're doing that. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, please. please. So. Yeah, she's like, so, um, but, you know, in, in regards to, um, yeah, exactly, he's like, he's been there the entire time, and that's exactly what he spent his life doing, and, you know, it, it just saddens me that he passes away, and yet, here we are once again with, um, you know, people campaigning for, you know, protesting against racial injustice, and here we have the police once again beating up protesters, you know, like, nothing's changed in the last 60 years. Nope. Like, what What the fuck are we doing, people? Like, you know, like, uh, it's, it's, you know what infuriates me the most about it as well? Is that I have friends on Facebook who just do not see what's going on. Like, I guarantee you, they'll probably sit there and like, oh, you know, I was against uh, racial injustice and I, su I, I support the words of Martin Luther King and like that. But like, you know, you, you give them exactly what... Um, you, these people are campaigning against, put it right in front of them, and they say, oh, well, I support the police, and, you know, I support lawful protests, yada, yada, yada. It's like, you know, fuck you, you would never have supported, uh, you know, civil rights back in the day. You would have been one of those disgusting plebs who would have just sat there and said, oh, well, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the N-words needed to kind of know their place in society. You know, like, I need to do things right. Yeah, yeah. They, they probably that's what said, those like, people you know would have been. They probably would have said, like, oh, you know, they're just causing trouble. You know, why can't they accept that things are the way they are and they should just move on? It's like, no. 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 Exactly not. It's so infuriating that conservatism has just kind of, like, molded itself into kind of, like, right-wing populism. Like, you know, like, uh, it's just, it's so infuriating to watch this. It really is, and it's like, you know, like, they just kind of, like, deflect criticism or, like, saying, you know, oh, well, we need to rally around the flag, you know, hail Britannia, or, you know, God bless America, and all this other bullshit. Meanwhile, like, you know, black people are getting killed by police officers, and when people protest about it, they get gas-maced and sm have their skulls smashed in. For yeah, God's sakes, I mean, people, what the hell have we turned into? Well, I mean, we've turned into the kind of people that apparently... They they want that they wanted this to happen. I mean that's why they voted for Trump in the first place because they saw that you know all this change and all this like let's you know make the country into something completely different. They it scared them. To be fair, I mean to so some people in 2016 they did vote for in the Rust Belt states at least they voted for Trump because they thought they were going to keep their jobs and then Donald Trump outsourced their jobs and now they feel like a bunch of suckers and they're probably going to end up voting for Biden because of it. So like you know they, all the people that voted for Trump were who wanted to vote because. Uh, they wanted to see some kind of change in there in 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 America. Oh boy, by the way, boy, boy, did you get a change? All right, 
Like, you know, like yeah. a, a deadly virus spreading around the country, mass unemployment, people protesting in the streets, left, right, and center. Like, oh yeah, you gotta change, alright. You know, like, and now you're, you know, now this motherfucker that you're gonna try and support, might try and support for again, you know, if you're that jaded, you know, of what happened in the last four years, and you say he's the law and order president, he's gonna, he's gonna save you from all of that. You, you, you look at Portland, and you look at DC, and you look at every other city across the damn country, and you tell me that Donald Trump is gonna make those situations, that situation better by putting unmarked federal agents and have people being kidnapped in vans. You know, and how people feel unsafe on their own streets or in their own suburbs. And you think that uh, people are going to be good with that, you know, in, in the next four years. That ain't, yeah. that ain't right. It really no. is not right. No, it's not. You know, like, and, uh, and if you remember that when Trump was, you know, first, uh, you know, starting his presidential elections, you remember all those meetings all those white nationalist meetings about like white power and about all that kind of stuff. It, it bloomed into what we see here about like, you know, all this violence and all this, um, you know, people saying, you know, we've had enough, we're going to, you know, protest against you and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And sadly, there's a, there are people out there who see absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'm just amazed that uh, people are just so so fucked in the head that they can't even you know see that uh, you know it, racial injustice is taking part in front of their very eyes and they can't even identify it. It's like you know, like yeah. uh, it's uh, would they even be known if they if uh, if someone punched them in the face would they even recognize it was a punch? Like, you know, like, oh, hey, I've just, uh, you know, a fly flew into my face. That basically <laughs> fractured my skull. I mean, if you remember when, if do you remember the, the, the protest that was going on in which, you know, th there was a, you, you remember the um, the Charlottesville incident? In oh, which, oh like, well, the, when the, the guy ran the car through all those people and killed one of them. Are you no. talking about that incident? Oh, sorry. Yeah. What's, what's, the, what's the other incident? Uh, I was talking about, like, the the guy who was, like, uh, you know, holding up, like, uh, what was it, like, a, um, uh, like a, a sign or something that, you know, was saying about, like, you know, uh, make America great again or, you know, like, that kind of stuff or, like, white, you know, white lives or, um, you know, they're more important and stuff like that. And then when oh, one yeah. person, like, punched him in the face and then there was, like, a whole bunch of people that were, like, crowding around to him wanting to go after this guy for, you know, saying such you know, horrible things, especially since, you know, the Charlotte... Yeah, I mean, like, in regards to that, like, I mean, here's the thing about this, I I draw a very fine line about this, like, you know, some guy's holding a sign saying all lives matter, and he's basically, he's he's trying to jerk your chain, that's what he wants, he wants someone to hurt him, he wants to have that many, because then what'll happen is, it'll spread for all social media, then, like, all, like, the right-wing Twitter and everything like that, have a field day with it, like, people like that, you know, they, that's what they want. You know, like, it's, it's pretty fucked up, really, that, you know, that's what, you know, that, but that's, that's the era of social media then. They, everyone wants to be a social media star, and uh, the best way to probably do it is uh, to, uh, uh, or if they want to make a political point, is to go wind people up on a, you know, when they're, try when they're all raveled up already. You know? That's the scam. Yeah. You know? the, the, it was, unfortunately, if, I think we, we fell for it at one point, because you remember Andy No when you got, like, uh, you know, you got totally fucked up by, you know, Antifa, I think it was, you know, which was inevitable, because he's been basically jarring these people for a long time, and then finally someone came up to him and, uh, you know, bloodied his face, and, uh, you know, I think uh, I think he had, like, uh, some kind of, like, hairline fracture on his skull or something like that, some, some kind of injury, uh, and then him being hospitalized, and, uh, you know, and I, I said outright, like, you know, I condemned what happened, and it was disgusting, and everything like that, but when you really think about it, like, we gave Andy No everything that he wanted. We gave him uh, condemnation of, of that and uh, anything we kind of gave him, you know, um, uh, validation because of that. 
you know? And so, and again, I feel like what happened to Andy No was terrible and everything like that. But at the same time, like, uh, you know, uh, all the activity they did after that, he's an asshole. He really is. And like, I'm not saying that, uh, but here's the thing about this, and I'll say this very clearly. Just because you're an asshole and just because he's a dick or a cunt or anything like that does not in any way, in any stretch of the imagination mean that he should be violently assaulted by anybody. And I say that about everybody. Okay, so there's a Black Lives Matter guy who may be saying some things that you don't particularly like. That's no reason to punch him in the head or tear gas him or anything like that. Or because he's saying things that you don't like at him. There's no reason to assault him in any particular way. Same thing with the Trump supporters and same thing with these white nationalists and things like that. Just because they're saying shit at you doesn't necessarily give you the right to, uh, you know, point, point a gun at them or, uh, you know, to uh, assault them in any particular way. That's not, that's not the way to do things. At all. You know, keep it, keep, you know, it's, uh, I know it's hard uh, in, in regards to how polarized everything is at the minute, but, you know, like, uh, there's a lot of people I disagree with on all sorts of things. I'm not punching them in the face because of that. <laughs> Come on, guys, keep it real. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to sound like Ali G in the house, but, you know, it's, uh, it's just, it's, uh, uh, violence does not solve anything here. And, uh, by the way, uh, uh, wouldn't you say that Pol Portland is a great example of that? Violence does not solve anything. And the feds came there, they basically beat up a bunch of protesters, and now they're gone. And now I left, uh, now I left Portland with basically a, uh, a, a, a bunch of chaos to deal with. Yeah, that should be the takeaway lesson for today. Violence does not solve anything. Violence does not solve anything, yeah. I'll even make that the title of the show. Okay, then. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, we pretty much moved into Black Lives Matter pretty much, so I think, uh, I mean, there's not much else I think to kind of... I mean, by the way, um, if you want to f follow me on Twitter, at Show, A-R-U-N-M-E-H-T-A-S-H-O-W, because I retweet any police violence that I see. I really do. And uh, it's like, and by the way, if it's unwarranted, I will retweet it. You know, like, if it's like, you know, a processor goes up, you know, uh, you start punching a, you know, a, a, right, a guy in right gear in the face. That guy kind of deserves to get his ass kicked, to be honest with you. Like, he, he, he just, he, you know, anyone who acts violently towards a police officer deserves to be, <laughs> really does deserve to be assaulted, as far as I'm concerned, and arrested. Not assaulted, but, you know, like, uh, but you know what I mean. Like, you mm -hmm. know, if, if, you, if you instigate the violence, likelihood is you're going to get violence thrown at you. You know, in regards to uh, in regards to the rise of the police, but you know, if there's an unwarranted attack by a police officer, it's un you know that that is disgusting and shouldn't happen. You know, and that police officer shouldn't be a police officer. He should be fired and go off and do something else. In fact, he probably should be charged with a felony. In regards to that, so mm -hmm. and you go follow me on Twitter if you want to if I want to show you exactly what's really going on here. This isn't some um, you know f yeah, yeah. There are some police officers who are killed on, in the line of duty. Being a police officer is a very dangerous thing, and uh, and you know we recently had that with uh, uh, with uh, police constable Harper and uh, my um, f family. You know my, my thoughts and prayers go out to his family and everything like that and everything that they're going through in regards to that horrendous court case that uh, you know he, he, you know. PC Harper's widow had to go through, but at the same time, you know, um, that does not give uh, police forces or police individual police officers a license to go out and say, you know what, I'm going to pull over a black person, I'm going to I'm going to beat him up a little bit and taser him just for my own, you know, just because I feel I want to get back at society and I'm all angry and amped up and everything like that. That's not that's not what a sane human being does, let alone a right. police officer. In regards to that, so that's all I got on that. But anyway, I really need some cheering up at the minute, so shall we move on to our next thing? Okay, so we're going to move on to our next thing now, which is, uh, um, you know, Willy Wonka, you're Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, we've spoken about this movie more than one occasion. 
I think, uh, in regards to that. So, um, here's a really weird article, which I never thought I'd probably see, but uh, here we go. Apparently, Dwayne Johnson was once considered for the role of Willy Wonka. Yeah, I didn't even know about this either. Now, if you remember that I did some research on this movie to prepare us for the Roald Dahl retrospective of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, that they've been working on this movie since 1991, and they've called in multiple people to work on the movie. And the actors who are going to be in this movie, such as Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey, um, Nicolas Cage, and Will Smith. Now, those names, if you look at it throughout the, the, the time period that they were pitching it, makes a We're lot of sense. We're always listening to music together. Like for- Sorry, I do apologize. No, no, no. Uh, that's that's today's sponsor, by the way. Uh, what was that product? <laughs> uh, no, I had an idea. Sorry. I, I basically just uh, flakes on uh, the... Uh, what I thought was the uh, the 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 article, and uh, just started playing out for it, so I do apologize. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. Anyway, so um, yeah, so I mean, all the names that you hear about, like you have to remember that you know the, they were first doing this in 1991. Now, now, if you listen to that, 1991, all the way up until around the 2000s, it makes a lot of sense on why these actors were called in to do the movie. Like, you know, first we have Nicolas Cage. And Nicolas Cage, I mean, I know a lot of people basically make fun of him for being like an over-the-top actor. And, you know, essentially he's become meme fodder. But, you know, with all of the movies that he had been in at the time, it makes a lot of sense why they would call him to be Willy Wonka. Because, you know, he would be whimsical and over-the-top, which uh, I'm sure at the time would have been very fitting for him. And then we have Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler was at the height of his career during the 90s. He was in SNL. He left to do um, his other movies, such as, um, uh, you know, The Wedding Singer, The Water Boy, um, you know, Mr. Deeds, and Happy Gilmore. So, you know, he was at the top of the game. Again, it would make a lot of sense why he would be called in to do this. And then we have um, Jim Carrey. I mean, like less said about Jim Carrey, the better. I mean, we've already talked about in, um, you know, we're, we're going to, I know we're getting into this in the search of the crystal skull. I know, but be, bear with us. So he was hugely popular in the nineties. I mean, he was in the Ace Ventura movies. He was the mask. He was um, the Riddler in Batman forever. He was in liar, liar, man on the moon, the Truman show, the cable guy. He was huge when it came to comedy. He was like one of the biggest names in Hollywood at that time. So again, it made a lot of sense. Will Smith, Will Smith also makes a lot of sense. You know, he was uh, the 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 guy that we loved in Fresh Prince of Bel Air and Independence Day, and you know all those kind of things. And you know, he had that he had such charisma that a lot of people just really just were lured into that. It made a lot of sense for him to be in um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Now let's get to Dwayne Johnson. Like Dwayne Johnson, you have to remember that around the two thousands. He was known for his wrestling career. You have to understand that, you know, he was known for, you know, the the Attitude Era in the late 90s and early 2000s. He was known for his catchphrase, do you smell what The Rock is cooking? Like, you know, when it came to movies, however, I mean, today, you know, he's huge in the movie scene. I mean, I'm sure that there's even a generation of kids who don't even know that once upon a time he was a wrestler. But no, I mean, like, if you take a look into the films that he was doing around the early 2000s, like, the movie that he was known for at the time was The Scorpion King. Uh, you know, The Mummy Returns, and then The Scorpion King, which was the spinoff series of, you know, The Mummy Returns, where he was known for, you know, being a bad guy. He was 
for being like the bad guy who was trying to thwart off against Brendan Fraser and um, you know all that kind of stuff. So he was known for being an action you know um, um, movie villain. But then we have this one. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which is essentially like a, a fun, whimsical family film. Like, really? The wrestler being Willy Wonka? I mean, I'm sure if you would have said that at the time, they would have laughed at you saying, that will never happen. He was just in The Scorpion King. He's, a, he's an action star. But today, because he's been in so many family films and kids films and action films... I mean, if you were to say, Will, you know, Dwayne Johnson, Willy Wonka, you could see that happen. Sure. No, I don't think so. I, I mean, think... I'm talking about today. I would debate you, Patricia. I, even today, I would even say that I don't think Dwayne Johnson should ever play Willy Wonka. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really serious about that. Yeah, I get he's been in some goofy roles and things like that. I get he's been Jumanji, the next level, and things like that. And, uh, you know, I get he's done... He even did Tooth Fairy. Oh, whew, he did that. <laughs> Like, but, uh, you know, in, in regards to, like, you know, in regards to Willy Wonka, I mean, um, Nicolas Cage makes sense. Adam Sandler sort of makes sense. Jim Carrey makes a lot of sense. But uh, Will Smith, I guess you could also say makes sense. But Dwayne Johnson, like, the guy who plays, uh, you know, one of the uh, really, you know, beefy characters in, uh, you know, Too Fast, Too Furious uh, series, like, uh, you know, no, I, I can't see it. Uh, I really can't see it, and, uh, you know, I could probably imagine maybe when they were, like, in, back in the day, when they didn't really understand what they had yet in regards to what Dwayne Johnson was capable of, you know, and uh, they brought him in as Willy Wonka, okay, maybe there was uh, some possibility that he probably would have been that, but, nah, I just don't think Willy Wonka would have been in The Rock's M.O., I really don't mm. think so, and uh, I think he's more your uh, action-adventure lead in regards to that, and uh, I don't see him as in something like you know uh, magical and whimsical. I think in uh, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you know, if uh, if that's the case, then why can't he play the BFG? You know, like uh, it's just it's uh, I, I just don't see it. I'm sorry. Mm, yeah, I mean, now that, that the more that I think about it, I, I guess you do have a point. But I mean, it, it just makes you wonder about like you know if Tim Burton would have cast Dwayne Johnson in 2005. It's like. What direction do you think he would have gone? Do you think he would have done the same thing what he did with Johnny Depp, in which like he's gonna make him into like this, like um, repressed man child? Oh no! After 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 the way he played The Rock, that would be a massive walk away from everything that he did. No, I'm sorry. I do think you think? Do you think that that probably would have killed his movie career? It may have done. Yeah, I mean, like uh, mm. it didn't it didn't help Johnny Depp in any way. No, it didn't. Not, not. I mean, if if he didn't have those Pirates of the Caribbean movies, then I don't think that you know Johnny Depp's career would have gone. Fair, he played he, he played John Dillinger in that uh, gangster movie. So okay, uh, fair, okay. Well, maybe a handful of roles, but you know, let's be honest. I mean, Willy Wonka in the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was like our least favorite thing about the movie because. I mean, he was just so, like, out of touch with everything, and he tried so hard to be cool that it just didn't click with us. Yeah. I mean, that's why that Gene Wilder, still to this day, is the definitive Willy Wonka. He will be, yeah, and uh, I think he will be for the foreseeable future until they obviously make a Charlie in the Chocolate Factory that pleases it, that gives everyone a Willy Wonka that's better than Gene Wilder. 
So like, uh, mind yeah. you, like in in the in the in, if they did have to do Willy Wonka, if they had to do Willy Wonka today in another Charlie in the Chocolate Factory movie, I mean, how far how far apart are we now from Charlie in the Chocolate Factory? Two thousand five was it? Yeah, or? I mean, we, we yeah, when we released that episode of the Roald Dahl retrospective, it was the fifteenth anniversary of that movie's premiere. Yeah, so like, I mean, if, if Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory had to be if Charlie in the Chocolate Factory had to be done today, like you know, like who 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 would front it? Like, I mean, uh, we are, I mean, we already talked about this. That if you remember, that Taika Waititi is doing the animated series. He's doing the animated series for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and he's doing a spinoff series of the Oompa Loompas. If I can think of a person who does really quirky and really weird, I mean, it's either going to be like you know one of two people. It's either Taika Waititi or Wes Anderson. Imagine if it was Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, Gilbert Gottfried doesn't really do a lot of directing, does he? No, no, no. I mean, play Willy Wonka. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I've just, I think I've just broken Patricia by suggesting that. Like you know. Uh, oh my! I can just imagine this. And they all want us now and then. We'll be is the wisest <laughs> man. <laughs> Try my um everlasting gobstopper. <laughs> It'll be around even after you lick it for hours. I can't. Mind, mind you, if they if they had to put Willy Wonka in like as an eccentric, I think probably Gilbert Gottfried or something like some kind of crazy character obviously would be brilliant for that. I think that, but mind you, I think here's the thing about this. I think if they tried to out Gene Wilder Willy Wonka in the next role, I don't think they could probably do it. I think they would have to go in a different direction with Willy Wonka to be kind of and, timeless. And they, and they did do a different direction with Johnny Depp and Charlie and the Chocolate. Yeah, Factory, and we but- got Michael Jackson. I mean, like, uh, it just, I, th- I just think that uh, if, if they go into a different, I think the next direction Willy Wonka, I think, have to go to, I think probably have to play to more, he's kind of like evil genius, if you will, the fact like this, this guy is like, uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of crazy in regards to like, you know, making chocolate and things like that, but does it in a fun way, not in like in a weird kind of like, you know, sociopath kind of way. You know? I mean, to be fair, that was kind of like Gene Wilder. I mean, if anything, it has to go into a far different direction. Like, you know, I mean, in the book, it was described that, um, you know, Willy Wonka was a very old man, but he had the youth and whimsy and movement of a child. So maybe it, maybe like an older person, like uh, almost like a Dick Van Dyke if he was like 20 years younger, where he's like, you know, very optimistic and very whimsical and very cheery. And he does like dance numbers and all that kind of stuff. I can see that. You know? Yeah. But, you know, ending this uh, segment, which I somehow can't believe I was talking about, I do not believe that Dwayne Johnson would have made a good Willy Wonka. Not in this life. Yeah, yeah. I think think it would have tanked his career. It would have tanked his movie career big time. Like, the only thing we'd be knowing about him is that, oh, you know, he was a great wrestler in the 2000s with his catchphrases, you know, do you smell what the rock is I think he'd still be wrestling now. I think he probably will be at the point where it's kind of like, oh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm just going to take my WrestleMania paydays and then eventually I'll go in the Hall of Fame. You know, I think that. Yeah, that I mean, that's like, what like you know, it for. probably would have been the the biggest debate about like, you know, who was the wrestling star, like him or John Cena. And dare I say, maybe Dave Bautista probably would have been the biggest star. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it just makes you think. It's like, it's kind of like uh, what we were discussing about with Hugh Jackman when he was called in to do Cats because he was so hugely successful with doing The Greatest Showman. So it's like he dodged a major bullet that would have cost him his career. So mm-hmm. you know what, Dwayne Johnson. Uh, we're glad that you weren't considered to be in Willy Wonka and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. 
Anyway, um, we sort of kind of brushed on this uh, earlier in the show, but uh, our thoughts on In Search of the Crystal Skull, our personal thoughts on the mask. And uh, so we did an episode uh, based on the Jim Carrey movie, and uh, we basically just said it was like uh, the... Uh, the movie that basically is in the back of in the store cupboards of every school in uh, on a that's there on a rainy day and uh, it's a it's a movie that uh, is is loved and uh, but obviously now it's probably not much loved now because obviously because it's been played to death pretty much yeah I, I, and here's the thing I did some research uh, you know, on the day that I uploaded the episode of uh, In Search of the Crystal Skull in honor of the movie's um, you know premiere date. I didn't know this, and I wish I would have known about this when I first, you know, brought it up in the, you know, how influential that the mask was. But did you know um, that it was the biggest prolific comic book movie of all time until Joker came out last year? Hmm. Did you know this? Um, I didn't actually know. I mean, how much? We, how how far are we talking? Okay, so here's the thing that I um, looked it up. I mean, I was just like looking up some interesting facts, like, oh, you know, um, you know, what would be nice to put in the description, which I don't even know if anybody like reads my descriptions. I know it's overly long, but I, I think it's interesting. So I've I looked it up on Forbes magazine. So on Forbes magazine, it was saying that um, that the Joker made. Uh, three hundred and four million dollars in North America after five weeks in the theaters, and it's about nine hundred and fifty-three million dollars. Now, it um, is thirty-two percent domestic, sixty-eight percent overseas, and altogether, it made about um, you know nine hundred and fifty-seven million dollars, which is the most prolific comic book movie until The Mask, which made three hundred and fifty-one million dollars on a twenty-three million dollar budget in nineteen ninety-one. Now you have to, I mean, 1984, I'm sorry. You have to understand that 23 million, 351, and we're talking about like 1994 money, which is a little bit more since then. Um, so, I mean, it was like not a very expensive movie to make. I mean, compared to like other movies, such as with like, um, you know, like currently the highest grossing movie of all time is The Lion King. It made, I mean, the 2018 Lion King, not to be confused with the, the 1994 Lion King, but that's a, but anyway. So, yeah. $55 million for The Lion King, uh, that made $968 million, uh, which now is in the billions. But still, like, you're talking about, you know, a movie that didn't have a large budget, which made, like, billions of dollars in 1994, which was still prolific until Joker came out. Like, imagine that. The Mask. I mean, out of all the movies, out of all the Marvel movies, the Batman movies, like, all those movies... That came out over the past 25 years, The Mask still held that huge amount of money until, like, the rated R um, Joker movie came out and made that amount of money with a small budget. It's like, it uh, is unbelievable. I would like to make an interesting counterpoint. Um, how much did you say the, the Joker made at the box office? Well, uh, the Forbes magazine that I did uh, post, uh, that I did look up, uh, it, it, to be fair, it, it was like about a few months ago, like during the time in which when the movie was, you know, like in, like in five weeks into the into the theater. So it um, currently now the Joker is uh, it's. One point oh, seven four billion. Wow. Okay. Because I actually decided that uh, if because I heard five hundred million at one point because uh, I decided to round off. You know, uh, the mask made about three hundred fifteen fifteen million dollars at the box office. 
pretty much. And uh-huh. so uh, I, I rounded it up to... Uh, to 2020 in regards to inflation and uh, today if the mask came out and got the same numbers it would have made about 547 million dollars at the box office yeah so which is about half yeah half a billion but now joker has made 1.74 billion which means that congratulations joker you are now the most prolific comic book movie of all time but you know in, in addition to that it just makes you think about like wow it took 25 years for for one comic book movie to dethrone the mask. I mean, it's just like you were saying before about like how this was like in everybody's home. When you were bored in school or at home, you pop in the mask. The mask was everywhere. Like it was being shown on VHS. I mean, we had the animated series. You know, this was like the movie that pretty much like, you know, brought Jim Carrey's popularity sky high uh, because, you know, he was already doing the Ace Ventura movies, I think. Yeah. But. But when you really think about it, um, I mean, like, uh, you know, the one, the formula that seems to be uh, kind of like either crazy, zany, psychotic characters, when you really think about it. Like, you know, you have the mask, and now you have Joker. Yes. Yeah, so, like, uh, that I seems mean, like, to be the our, formula. Our mentality of, like, mo- of comic book movies, you know, depending on how people say, you know, oh, it's completely different than it was. I mean, sure, yes, but it's almost kind of like the same as well. It's like, you know, the mask was about this over the top character. I mean, at least the movie, I mean, I know the comic book is way different. We know that, which is why when, uh, you know, comic book fans, even still to this day, who are like hardcore fans of the mask, hate this movie. And, you know, it's like, you have these two characters who, um, you know, go crazy, but they go crazy for completely different reasons. And yet, at the same time, everybody is just so enthralled with this character. Like, you know, uh, Tina is so enthralled with the persona of the mask. And Dorian wants to have the powers of the mask so that he can be able to become the crime boss at Edge City. And while we have the Joker, you know, where he is completely insane, he has such weird ideologies, and yet everybody wants to follow him. It's like it's... I mean, it, you know, I guess it's like the old saying goes, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. But... Uh-huh. Anyway, but with the mask. So, yeah, I mean, we gave it an 8 out of 10. And a lot of our viewers seem to pretty much agree with our thoughts of, you know, how we thought of the mask. It's like, it was a, it's a pretty good movie for what it is. You know, Jim Carrey steals the show in every single regard. And, um, you know, the, um, the, the cinematography was pretty decent. Like, the over-the-top wackiness of, you know, Jim Carrey's performance with all the skits and all the cutaways that he does is like it's great but at the same time he does a really good job of being just a normal guy with stanley ipkiss which you know like i think that in more recent years he's starting to get more into that because of his tv shows and you know some of his other movies where he's very low-key i mean with the exception of like the song of the hedgehog movie but he did it because of his grandkids but yeah i mean like jim carrey is a great actor when he's put into the right direction Mm mm-hmm so um, yeah, I think that's our thing. That's our thoughts on uh, basically wrapping up uh, the mask. And uh, yeah, we just uh, I'm just uh, sad that uh, I'm so unfortunate that Tim Green couldn't join us for it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like <clears throat> I did promise Nero that I was going to invite him over if we ever did discuss about the mask in casual chats. Which this is for Insurge of the Crystal Skull, completely different ideologies in which casual uh, well, chats you we know, just we'll, talk about whatever we'll, we want. We'll, we'll get around to him eventually. So, uh, sure, sure. I mean, like, I, I do want to invite him and Y Boy over for one particular podcast, but we'll get to that much later on. But yeah. yeah. So, anyway, um, just to let you guys know um, Hey Arnold and Rugrats are now rerunning back on Nickelodeon in the UK. Yes, they are. In fact, um, there are even talks of um, 
you know, Hey Arnold and Rugrats being aired on, um, you know, various networks uh, again, like, uh, uh, you know, it's first, for example, um, CBS Access. I'm sure that you guys know that a few months ago, Viacom and CBS merged. And so a lot of their shows on Nickelodeon are being on CBS Access, even though that they have been on Netflix, Verb, and on the... Um, what you call it? Um, um, Pluto TV. Yeah, there's Pluto yeah. TV, Netflix, Verve, and Hulu. Yeah, th- those are the four places. You know, those are the four streaming sites that you can be able to catch all those shows. Yeah, but it, so, just, it, it just goes to show that this is you know, Hey Arnold and Ro- you know, obviously we're gonna get Rugrats uh, coming back soon. Obviously that's yes. still gonna be a thing, but you know, Hey Arnold's still in demand. You know, like, and if anything, like, even the fact that we've been through, you know, a very real thing with lockdown at the minute and everything like that, and uh, with Craig Barlow doing all the stuff he's doing on social media, like, you know, he's made uh, he's made a very relatable situation, uh, you know, uh, with our with our beloved characters, and so uh, you know, with uh, Arnold and Helga exchanging love letters, you know, in regards to uh, before they uh, finally meet up with uh, Slazens for uh, you know uh, an ice cream sundae, you know, like, uh, you know, like we can relate to that. Like, yeah, I mean, and and also not to mention about. The vinyl records. We already know about how huge the sales were. Like, in 45 minutes, those vinyl records were sold out. And they're still selling as well. Like, you know, they're making more of them. Yeah, they are making more of them, but they will not be um, distributing until, I think, around, what was it, December, I think? Yeah, like, well, I've been told they're supposed to be releasing digitally as well, so, like, uh, eventually... They are, yeah, but, but I know that a lot of people do, do want the physical stuff as well. Yeah, well, I, you know, like, uh, someone, as someone who's rocking a Spotify account right now, I can't wait for Hey Arnold to come on up on Spotify. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, by the way, we're talking of uh, new platforms again. Um, apparently, we're going to be on a brand new platform uh, called Ghana. <laughs> And Ghana, okay. and Ghana is an Indian app uh, where people can listen to uh, Indian uh, Bollywood music and also listen to podcasts as well of the latest news. So, uh, oh, right. you know, given, well, given the fact that Aaron Metzer is like John Smith in India, I'm sure I will be uh, a very prevalent face in the uh, face in the, <laughs> on that platform, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the John Smith show, pretty much. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, you know, apparently I was given the opportunity to go onto the uh, into a on a podcast app on India. So uh, yeah, I just hope uh, they uh, understand my English a lot better than my uh, my Hindi, if, uh, if I ever spoken. But uh, yeah. Mm. Um. Anyway, moving on. Um. Pixar has announced a new movie called Luca. Yes. Yes, and here's the thing: like they only have pictures. Right now, they don't have like a trailer or anything like that. We're still waiting for Soul. So yes, they have released their new uh, Pixar movie called Luca. And the only thing we know about it is that it takes place in like um, the summertime, and it's supposed to be like around like the European area. I think it's Italian. Italy. Italy. So so it's supposed to be around. It's supposed to be taking place in Italy, and it's supposed to be taking place in the summertime. And it has like this beautiful watercolor look, which um, you know Disney hasn't utilized watercolor since Lilo and Stitch. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing about this: like, it seems to be um, that uh, Disney are really trying their best to get around all of like the places of the world, pretty much. Like, you know, you had Moana, that's a place in, uh, you know, in uh, I think it was in Tonga, I think it was, I think, yeah, uh, like around that time. And also you had uh, obviously you got uh, you know Disney, uh, unfortunately, you know, reaching out to China to make the the, uh, the next uh, live Disney live action movie, which is Milan, and uh, then so yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to broaden out. 
Well, don't forget that we have Raya and the Last Dragon, which I, it, it takes place, I think, around China. Mm-hmm. So you know they're they're utilizing their Asian market. So hey, here's guess- the thing about this, though. Like you know, if the U.S. government starts you know cracking down and like starting like you know a whole Cold War with China, like you know, it makes me wonder where Disney's going to stand in all of this. Like you know, uh, I, I don't know, but all I know is is that. Um, Yes. Uh, so yeah, Pixar. I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, when it comes to like Pixar movies, the only movie that I can think of that took place in a different country for Pixar was Brave. Well, there was Ratatouille as well. Oh yeah, that's right. Ratatouille is a place yeah. in so France. Ratatouille... Yeah. Oh yeah, so. that's right. So Ratatouille and Brave, they they took place in different countries. I mean, Wally and does technically take place... Cars Two took place in Japan and various other places, but you know, okay. and, and, yeah. Sure, but, you but, know, the, the less yeah. we talk about Cars 2, the better, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, yeah, okay, let's not. But yeah, but I mean, here's the thing: like, uh, like this is completely different. I mean, I, I saw the the concept art of this, and it, it looks like something that Studio Ghibli would do. Like, you know, like this beautiful setting with like these colors and these kids acting really happy as they're about to jump over to the water. So. I mean, I'm really looking forward to this movie. I mean, the only thing we know about this is... You, oh, you know what? Arm- the fact that you remember when I said that, oh, I would lead love to see Miyazaki make a Pixar movie, like, you know, when the, here comes Disney's like, well, we got this drawing, and we think Miyazaki will draw some more. <laughs> Imagine if that actually happened. It's like, okay, yeah. we're going to announce a new Pixar movie, and uh, Miyazaki's just started drawing. We don't know what the story is yet, but I'm sure we'll find out soon enough in a good couple of years' time. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I mean, that is who, that is like Miyazaki. Is, yeah, right. I know. I mean, he's the type of guy who draws storyboards. He doesn't use a script. And, you know, everybody has to wait until, like, you know, his stuff is done and then they can actually start animating. But yeah. So, yeah. according to this variety article, so uh, Luna, I mean, uh, yeah, Luca. Luca. Yeah, Luca is, uh, well, there's actually, um, you know, he was actually the one who, uh, the Enrico Casarosa actually did the La Luna short, if you remember, that we talked about a few years ago on PixMix. Uh-huh. Anyway, so, um, yeah, he was the one who is going to be uh, directing this movie. And, it's, it's you know, once again, it's, uh, you know, after John Lasseter left, uh, Pete Doctor is essentially saying, I want to give these new fresh faces a chance for them to express themselves. So... Um, yeah, according to what he said in an article from Variety, he said, this is a deeply personal story for me, not only because it's set on the Italian Riviera where I grew up, but because at the core of this film is a celebration of friendship. Childhood friendships often set the course of who we want to become, and it is those bonds that are at the heart of our story in Luca. So, yeah, according to what the synopsis is, Luca centers around a young boy on the Italian Riviera who shares adventures with his new best friend, but a dark secret about his true identity seeks to threaten that bond. And the spoiler is he's a sea monster from another world just below the world's the, the water's surface. So, yeah. So in addition to Soul, uh, a lot of people are looking forward to what Pixar has around the bend. You know, like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I have a secret identity of being a sea monster under the sea. Like, you know, yeah, it's a totally normal situation, you know. Yeah, <laughs> again, I mean, this, this, I mean, again, this is something like, you know, what Miyazaki would do. It's like, oh, you know, Ponyo. It's like you have this little girl and she, uh, you know, likes this little boy. And it turns out that she's actually a mermaid. Well, yeah, so. but mind you, given the fact that they're going to go under the sea here, what, what, what do you think Disney's going to reference in this? Yeah. Of course. They're going to go, under the sea, under the sea. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. Yeah, so, but, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we it's it's nice that they're announcing that they're going to do another original movie, but let's have a look at what Soul has to bring. 
You know, like, uh, on top of that as well, like, nothing's really, like, he's saying that it's going to be 2021, but, you know, like, uh, it might end up being kind of, kind of like a bear in the bow situation. So, like, uh, you know... I, like... I, I really hope it's not, because I was so disappointed with Brave that um, it's, like, one of my least favorite Pixar movies, mm -hmm. that I, I really don't hope that, you know, Luca turns into a bear in the bow situation in which, like... There's like behind the scenes issues and the people who were heavily involved with it leave because of disagreement. And then the, the whole thing is like rearranged to the point in which it's like half of what it was promised to be. So, yeah, I, I don't want that to happen. Yeah, I just realized this, actually. Uh, the uh, the guy who's playing uh, the middle the uh, middle school school teacher in, uh, in Seoul is actually going to be voiced, voiced by Jamie Foxx. Yeah, he is. And uh, yeah, cool. yeah. And that, yeah, that should be interesting for sure. I mean, yeah. like... You know, I, I mean, with all the trailers that we've been seeing so far about, like, you know, how the story is going to play out, it's like, again, I'm really curious about how this is going to be done. And it's going to be done by P. Doctor. I mean, so I have, you know, some pretty high hopes about how this movie will turn out as opposed to Onward, in which the same guy who did The Good Dinosaur did this movie, even though it was an original product, and we just thought it was simply okay. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, we'll find out soon enough, but uh, let's get Saul out of the way first before we start saying that, you know, Luke is going to be something. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, um, an unprecedented Nintendo leak has turned into a moral dilemma for uh, uh, achievists, uh, according to this. So, um, I didn't get a chance to actually, I've got to be honest with you, I didn't get a chance to like fully read this, so uh, I only just got the headline on it, so, um, I mean uh, Nintendo had like a massive leak of like all sorts of stuff, like I was actually oh, uh, looking at the, uh, uh, so apparently there was a uh, leak that came out saying that uh, um, Star Fox had some cut characters in it, which uh, was mm -hmm. interesting to say the least, you know, like, mind you, Star Fox 2 in itself was like just entirely cut until they finally released it on the uh, um, the SNES Classic, so, uh, you know, that's... Uh, yeah, 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 so, um, uh, yeah, so let's go over to, uh, like, seriously, like, I haven't seen Nintendo fans be this excited about a treasure trove of cut content and leaked information since two years ago when the prototype of Pokemon Gold and Silver was released to the public, and they saw all the cut content from Pokemon that never featured, like all the Pokemon that we were supposed to have, but was cut off for multiple reasons. Like, you know, everything from Gorochu and, you know, what the starters were going to be looking like. So, yeah, we're going to be briefly talking about some of the things that, you know, Nintendo enthusiasts have been crazy about. So let's talk about the Star Fox 2 prototype. So in addition to, you know, Fox, Peppy... Falco, and Slippy, there was a whole bunch of other characters that had never been featured in this. Like, let's take a look at some of the other ones. Like, we have, um, let's see, we have an elk-looking character, one that looks like um, a ram or a moose or something. We have one that looks like a, a bull, a hippo, a lynx, a robot, a, a female woman, which is a shock. It's like, there's no, there's no humans in Star Fox. Uh, we have a rabbit, a bear, a, a a lamb, and a lemur. So yeah, there there was like so many people uh, animals that were going to be featured in Star Fox Two, but were cut. And you know, granted, like we as you guys know, we didn't get Star Fox Two until like many years ago when the prototype was you know leaked online, and then everybody was playing it, and then and then it was officially released on the in the SNES Classic. So you know, just finding this out now, it's like unbelievable. Like we were going to get like like maybe at least about to 16 different characters that was never featured and let's see um 
So you know, I was looking I... through like uh, all the characters in here, and uh, I'm trying to think uh, if uh, any of them would have been uh, released in like future Star Fox. I mean, like uh, we know that. I mean, there's one that's a link to that. I mean, she she became a character in Star Fox, so she's actually one of she was uh, she's Faye. I think in uh, in the actual uh, there's Mia mm-hmm. and there's Faye in uh, in in the Star Fox too, who never appeared in any other games. So obviously they're in there too. Some of the other characters I don't think actually come from it. I mean I can see there. There's also there's like a prototype for Rob sixty four who would have then have been yeah. in Lilac Wars and Star Fox Star Fox sixty four if you will. So obviously that's what I think what the robots about. And uh, in regards to I mean in regards to the uh, the cows and the moose and. Uh, the uh the 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 sheep character and things like that i don't think they appeared in uh in future star fox games so um i'm not too sure about the other characters the other thing i could have thought of is that in regards to the human characters maybe there might have been uh, an opportunity where you could probably like have created your own character maybe and maybe that probably was a maybe a, a thing for that and maybe you can probably like be in star fox Maybe that's probably yeah. what that's or, about. Or maybe, or maybe like this would maybe like this was the entire Star Fox team. Like maybe like I mean like let's be honest. I mean Star Fox is a huge unit that is trying to protect the galaxy from Andros. So it's like, hey, let's introduce all the other members from the team. But maybe they thought, oh, this is getting way too much, and so they only decided to add Faye and um, Mia. What was it, Mia? Yeah. So they decided to add those characters in, and then unfortunately, they never used them again because you know, as we as we all know, you know, Star Fox sixty four was a remake of the original Star Fox, and then pretty much everything went over to Rare with like Star Fox Adventure, which was originally Dinosaur Planet, and then Star Fox Assault, um, you know, utilizing you know Crystal. So, and then ever since then, it's like, you know, they pretty much just remade Star Fox over and yeah. over again. With I'll, Star I'll Fox ta- as, as the Star Fox nerdy, I'll take, I'll take everybody through it. So, like, uh, Star Fox was, like, the first game, and then Star Fox 2, obviously, was the one that was cancelled and then finally brought it on the, uh, on the SNES Classic. Then they rebooted the storyline in Lilac Wars slash Star Fox 64 uh, when they did that. And then they continued the story eight years later with Star Fox Adventures. And so they aged the characters massively, which I thought was, what? I thought, what happened within the preluding eight years? There's so much fan fiction that we need to get through here. And then we finally get to Star Fox Command... We got sorry, we went through Star Fox Adventure, went through uh, Star Fox Assault, which was basically uh, an adventure, and that was about that. And then we went to Star Fox Command, which then tied up, like, was then finished kind of like that storyline, if you will. So you got to pick, like, eight endings the way to end that storyline. And then we rebooted this, the franchise again with Star Fox Zero, and that's basically where we've left it. So. Yeah, and Star Fox Zero pretty much left, like, no fans cheering for the for the series anymore because you know the controls killed it for a lot of people it's like the wii u controller was like really cumbersome and people were just like fed up with it and also the fact that it didn't really play anything new that we've all we haven't already seen with like star fox 64 and star fox 2 they were just like really nintendo this was all you could come up with i mean like you know we've been waiting for a long time for a new star fox game and this is what you give us Mm mm-hmm so, yeah, but uh, that's basically what we get with Star Fox 2, so in regards yeah. to the So, there was also a new Animal, Animal Crossing Villager. Now, before we even get into that, I've never played Animal Crossing. So I um, haven't either. To be quite honest, that kind of stuff doesn't really interest me. I mean, it's kind of like with, um, you know, those create-your-own things, like Minecraft or Mario Maker. It's like, I, I just don't care for that kind of stuff. I mean, not, not only because I think that... I wouldn't be really good at it because I'm not really that creative in arts, but also just the fact that, you know, there's not really much to it. It's just like you're a person, you go around a village and you do stuff and that's it. It's like, it doesn't interest me. 
So I don't really know too much about Animal Crossing, to be fair. Uh, I've never played one. It just does, it doesn't appeal to me like in a gameplay wise. So I don't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, also some of the other things that we uh, got in uh, cut in in route to the cuts was uh, there was a very weird Yoshi from Super Mario World. Oh, what is yes. that? Yeah. Fucking yeah. hell! What the hell happened to Yoshi? Yeah. Well, you see, I mean, I guess the reason why they had this is because. Um, I think that what they were trying to do was, like, these were, like, the older sprites, you know, like, how Yoshi was going to appear. Uh, I, I think I remember, like, a long time ago with, like, um, Miyamoto wanting to have, like, a dinosaur. I mean, he wanted to have Mario ride a dinosaur since the original Super Mario Brothers, and he kept a, um, a drawing of it for five years, and it looked like an actual raptor. So it's like, let's do the early prototype of what Yoshi would have looked like, and I think this is what they were first drawing in. And then eventually, as time went on, they were like, oh, let's let's make uh, Yoshi look more like a Koopa, you know, like anything like that. Like, you know, he's part of the dinosaur line. And so then they, like, removed that whole thing about, like, him being a Koopa. And then they, like, drew him more, um, you know, heftier. And they gave him more, like, uh, an appeal of, hey, you yeah. know, Mario's but, you know, in regards, in regards to that, like, I'm really glad they came up with the final product. And, like, you kind of like that. Because, you know, Yoshi's an iconic character. So like uh, yeah, you know that, exactly. that, yeah so I'm really glad they walked away from the raptor and uh, you know like a good grief when I first saw that that shocked me <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so, so you're gonna be give me like I've read like some of the um, like you know uh, some of the prerequisites to all of this one I actually not looked in de- in depth in uh, most of this so um, there's also uh, an unusual beach in uh, Ocarina of Time that uh, uh, so they look like there would have been like a beach level. I think. Yeah. yeah. No, you know, this is an Ocarina. I'm just looking at this here. This doesn't look like Ocarina of Time. This looks more like, uh, whatchamacallit, um, uh, Majora's Mask. Yeah, it does. It does kind of. I mean, well, yeah, it does kind of like look like Majora's Mask. Um, but I I think it, um, let's see. Yeah, I think it is Majora's Mask because, you know, there's the sundial. I I think that the Verge just made a typo. They thought that, I I guess because Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask use the same graphics. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, the tile's there and everything. Yeah, so yeah, it's not Ocarina of Time, it's Majora's Mask. Yeah, so... I've I've never played Majora's Mask. I just felt like, you know, after I was done with Ocarina of Time, I just felt like there was no reason for them to make another one. So I kind of bypassed Majora's Mask and uh, didn't really get back into uh, Zelda until I think they brought out Twilight and Princess. So. Uh, to be fair, I've never really delved deep into Zelda. I mean, I briefly played like the original and Link to the Past and Link's Awakening, but I, I think I even played like the um, the the what you call it the. Um... Uh, oh, a no preview. way. Sorry, I'm just looking at some other leaks as well. Apparently, there's like this really annoying enemy in Super Mario 64 that didn't make it, which would grab you and then throw you into the lava in the. Yep. In one of, oh, that's. That would have that, that made that level suck. <laughs> it yeah, really I think, would. I think I know why, I think I know why they, they cut it off. Yeah. Oh, yes. I believe that they did. So. Yeah. Um, other, other things that have been leaked since then were the titles of the upcoming Pokemon games. So. I'm sure that you guys know that if you look through, like, um, you know, you know how, like, if you want to copyright something or if you want to trademark something, you go over to, like, certain websites and you can be able to see, okay, Nintendo trademarked this in this year, which means that maybe there'll be a game coming out. But sadly, there are some cases in which that doesn't happen. So around 2006... There was the, um, you know, the prototype of the, you know, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, which we would eventually get. But then we have another Pokemon game that was supposed to uh, come out, which was Pokemon Gray. So Pokemon Gray was kind of like supposed to be around with Pokemon Black and White. 
you know how like you know there's always a sequel to or maybe like a, a different installation of like a pokemon game we had red blue and then yellow then we had gold silver then crystal we had you know um diamond pearl then platinum so we had black and white but then we had black and white too but it was supposed to be gray and then for Diamond and Pearl, we were supposed to be introduced to the player's dad character, which um, the only time in which we were introduced to the dad was in Ruby and Sapphire, in which Norman, the gym leader, was our father. And which is a rarity because, as you guys know, most Pokemon games, you don't even know who the father is. I mean, you just have the mom. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Route 201 would have looked completely different, which is not too surprising because, you know, if you take a look at routes, depending on like the sprites and the positions, it always differs. The intro sequence is completely different, which, um, you know, again, they were probably just like trying to tweak, you know, from the transition from the GBA all the way up into the DS. And then finally, last but not least, was the run button. Usually, you know, they have like the little temp, um, tie, uh, you know, the little text saying like, you know, got away safely or something like that. But no, instead, it's like completely red with Japanese text. So yeah. also, I'm just, I'm just looking at this here. They actually, in, for, in one of the demos they did for the Super FX chip, they actually made a uh, a link from uh, 3D Polygons. And uh, agree. I mean, I get, you know, I get it's a demo or anything like that, but I'm really glad they actually didn't make a Zelda game out of this. I don't think. Well, here's the thing. Like, uh, I read that article as well. And it's, and you, you've heard about this Atelaview add-on, right? Uh, you know, for the Super Nintendo in Japan, uh, Super Famicom. Yeah, I do. The Super yeah, so we already know about BS Legend of Zelda, which is essentially the Satellaview add-on where you get to play various games online or like downloaded in like various things. You go over to a store, you download the empty cartridge of a game, and then you play it. And that was one of them. So essentially what you did was is that um you know, for BS Legend of Zelda. Essentially, it is a remake of the original Legend of Zelda with 16-bit graphics. And uh, we it was only released in Japan with the Satellaview add-on. So according to the pictures that you saw, they were going to make BS Legend of Zelda 2, which means they were going to do the Legend of Zelda 2 Return of um, Link as those uh, very similar to what they did with um, the BS Legend of Zelda, in which they were going to make a 16-bit version of Zelda 2, but it was canceled. Oh, that's, so, a, yeah. that's something interesting. I'm, just, I'm sorry to keep interrupting you. As you find interesting stuff after we keep going through, there's just so much of it. Um, there, There is the original cartridge art for Super Mario 64. So if you've ever wrecked the label now on your Super Mario 64 cartridge, you could be, you could potentially put it on some sticky back plastic and you could potentially just stick it back onto the, onto the, uh, the cartridge now. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, cool. And, and 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 then there's also Super Mario World, in which they actually did feature Mario with wings, as in like flying bird angel wings, as opposed to the cape. Mm -hmm. And I think I remember like somebody on Twitter saying, "Man, if Newgrounds would have gotten this in 2007, imagine the fiasco that would have happened." It's like, yeah, I could see that. But probably the biggest thing, like the absolute hugest thing that was revealed on these leaks was that Luigi had a playable character model in Super Mario 64. So the whole rumors that had been going around for over 20 years of, you know, was Luigi supposed to be in the game and the whole Ella's Real 2401 thing. And yes, it is true. 24 years, one month later, we found out that you can play as Luigi in Super Mario 64, but they cut him off. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, apparently, at uh, the Yoshi's house in Super Mario World, apparently there was supposed to be a grandfather Yoshi. Yes. Yeah. 
So um, instead of like, you know, Yoshi just being there, it would have probably been like either Yoshi's grandfather or an older Yoshi probably giving you advice on, you know, okay, you need to do this in this level or you need to save all these other Yoshi just like uh, Yoshi does in the game. So, yeah. yeah, Oh, here's something interesting. Apparently from uh, dated 1989, apparently Luigi's character was actually supposed to look radically different instead of like looking like a clone from Mario in Super Mario World. I mean, it makes a lot of sense if you remember that in Wrecking Crew that he looks completely different. Like, Luigi is purple in that game. And also in the um, animated movie, Super Mario Brothers, the goal to save Princess Peach or something, that Luigi wore um, yellow and blue. So, yeah, I guess they didn't really finalize on what Luigi was going to look like at that point yet. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, just go through this treasure trove full of stuff because uh, I guarantee you there's probably some stuff there that we haven't even talked about, which is probably in this in this heist. Oh, yeah. So. Go go um, go go search on YouTube. Uh, not YouTube. Go on uh, Google and type in uh, The Verge um, Nintendo Leaks and just l literally, like, look well, for Polygon's got a lot of stuff there, too. So, like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, Polygon, too. But uh, pretty much everybody has been talk talking about this because it's like... Nobody expected any of this stuff to happen. Like, you know, a treasure trove of like. Well, you know, like people people leave the company. Like, you know, here's the thing about this. Maybe there's going to be stuff, you know, where in like 20, 30, 40 years down the line, we're going to be talking about, oh, wow, you know, they had this plan for Master Chief in Halo 2. Or like, you know, oh boy, they had this planned in, uh, in this particular game. You know, like, oh, what, they're going to do this with Undertale? Like, you know, like, this, I bet you, like, this is going to be something that just continues to roll on, like, you know, decades down the time. And, like, you know, you and I probably might be in our 50s and 60s when we'll be talking about, oh, hey, you know, and uh, remember when they were talking about, oh, can you do this in, like, this particular game? And then now, finally, the whole source code's leaked, and now we can actually see that it's true. You know, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, uh, did you know that uh, in Uncharted 2, you were actually supposed to play as Elena? Like, like, yeah, that, that would have been really interesting. Yeah, actually. like, uh, this is this, all of this is just going to be tip of the iceberg. We're probably, I'll be surprised if there's like going to be a Sega one at some point, you know, like, and we just go over all this stuff about, like, you know, hey, maybe there was actually supposed to be a pregnant Sonic. <laughs> but, uh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay. Shame but, on you. Yeah, shame on me. But, uh, you know, like, uh, yeah, this is exciting stuff, and uh, it will not be the only thing that will come out. I guarantee you'll probably see other stuff. So, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, moving on, um, so Ellen DeGeneres has come in with uh, a lot of um, accusations of uh, workplace bullying and also being very cold herself and things like that, and now it's, a it's warranted now into a, a Warner investigation into basically what's happened at the Ellen show. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I just find this so amazing, you know, like, the fact that we've praised Ellen for all that she's done. And the fact that something like this were to come out is like, oh, you know, there's been like a lot of people saying I've been treated horribly and this kind of situation. It's like, I wouldn't expect this to happen. Well, I mean, this happened. is Ellen DeGeneres. I mean, we, we've praised Ellen's work and all the stuff that she's done for charity and all that kind of stuff. But to find out that this is, it's like, it, it, I mean, I guess it got, it's like how some people say, it's like, you know, sometimes you don't trust your well, hero. Here's the thing about this. Like, I mean, we're not going to like, I'm not going to prejudge anything that's happened right now. There's an investigation currently going on. So let the investigations kind of like get to the bottom of basically what's happened. You know, like uh, maybe it's just the fact that maybe the fact that the Ellen shows now just kind of like coming to an end and like maybe people are just fed up with it. Maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe, like, uh, it's kind of, like, you know, resulted in, like, you know, the workplace environment just becoming so so bad that uh, people are just fed up and frustrated over there, and now they're just kind of bullying one another and just wondering when it's all going to finish. 
Maybe, maybe Ellen herself's probably fed up with it. I don't know. Maybe it's just I, the, maybe it's just the problem of just being in a negative work environment. It's probably just something that should have ended a long time ago. Maybe, and uh, you know, because uh, there's a rumor going around now that uh, apparently, if something really bad does come out of this investigation, apparently they're lining up James Corden to take over. Oh wow! I mean, that is unbelievable. You know, it's like. I mean, if if James Corden takes over, I mean, like, James Corden is known for, like, his nightly interviews, right? Yeah, he is, and obviously, you know, we recently talked about him in SEO Trot, so... That's right, uh, which that that podcast will be coming out next month. Oh, that one's coming out next month, so, you know, look out, look forward to that. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, you know, you and I, you know, uh, seeing the, uh, at least the material that we've seen James Corden know that he can do, like, you know, if, if Ellen DeGeneres is in, like, a, a serious world of uh, of trouble here, like, you know, yeah, they'll, 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 they'll replace her with uh, James Corden like that, like, you know, just, uh, just, just in a snap. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, again, we're not going to go through, like, all the specific allegations because, obviously, there's, uh, there's a lot to unpack. But uh, at the minute, like, uh, it's, it's not looking great for her. And, you know, like, uh, and, the, you know, the, this all started after, you know, she decided to, you know, go. I mean, here's the thing about this. And I know it sounds petty, but, uh, you know, when she sat down with that, to have that game of football with George W. Bush, you know, like, uh, it's just, it's, uh, that's, where, that's where it all started, I think. You know, the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, she started getting, you know, this... Uh, this, you know, the fact that she decided that uh, she was not going to uh, please the liberal establishment by, you know, not going to a football game with George W. Bush. I think, uh, I don't know, like, uh, it seems it all kind of, like, started from there, and now it's starting to kind of, like, you know, roll downhill from the looks of it. And now people are kind of, like, not wanting to kind of, like, defend her no more. And now all of a sudden, now there's all this stuff coming out. So, <sighs> like, it's... Uh... I, I, I'm just... I'm just shocked by this. I really don't have anything to say. Yeah, like, uh, it's just, well, I don't have anything really much to say either, except there's an investigation currently going on. Let's let the investigation go forward, and uh, we'll no doubt talk about all the stuff that they find. So, uh, yeah. I don't have anything to say. No, again, that's why I say, and, because uh, everyone, and, finally, um... We're going to tell you the warning from a Florida congressional candidate about the evil anime porn of Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Clearly, clearly has never heard of hentai. Yeah, because... clear, clearly has not. And so, okay. Dragon Ball Z, for those of you who do not know, was uh, it was basically a anime show uh, regarding, regarding uh, you know finding the Dragon Balls. And uh, I mean, I I, I got to be honest with you, I'm one of the very few '90s kids that actually watch Dragon Ball Z, so I don't know it like back to front, but I do get the premise okay, well, of it. I... So okay, well, here's the thing: like, I watched this show a lot when I was in high school and college, so. Um, yeah, I am very, very familiar with Dragon Ball Z. Although, here's the thing, like, when it comes to, like, the other, um, series, like, the original Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball GT, and Dragon Ball Super, I have seen a few episodes of Dragon Ball, haven't finished it. GT, I wasn't, I didn't care. And as for Super, I really did like the movies that came out of it with, like, Dragon Ball, uh, okay, technically they're Dragon Ball Z movies, but they did follow into Super. Like, Battle of Gods and Resurrection F are amazing movies. Like, go watch them. And I sadly haven't seen Broly yet. But, uh, I, but I do know that Dragon Ball Super, from what I've heard, it has its good moments, but also has severe problems. I'll, I'll definitely need to do a Dragon Ball month at some point. I gotta be honest, the, the last thing I saw something Dragon Ball related was apparently there was this meme that went around. It was like it was like one of the villains visiting a zoo, and then a monkey flips him off, and he just starts getting really angry and starts crying. 
Like, yeah, I think uh, I've seen that one. And yeah. someone like put that as like you know that's the actual backstory, <laughs> something like that. Like uh, <laughs> again, I don't I don't know what Dragon I don't know what the backstories of all the Dragon Ball Z characters are. So you have to forgive okay, me. So, okay, so okay, so let me just give you a rundown. So Dragon Ball Z is the sequel series to Dragon Ball, where it focuses on a man called Goku. So in Dragon Ball, we focus on Goku as a little boy. And he befriends a girl named Bulma, and they go around searching for Dragon Ball so that Bulma can be able to make a wish. And Goku is a little boy who's really passionate about fighting, and so he pairs up with uh, an old master of, of you know, Kung Fu. Well, not Kung Fu. He's a he's a chi master, and he's like a, a grown master by the name of Master Roshi, and he befriends uh, another student by the name of Krillin. And so they go on various adventures looking for the Dragon Balls and defeating the bad guys such as Emperor Pilaf and his companion Shu and Mai. There's the Red Ribbon Army. There is um, the Crane Gang feature where we got first introduced to Ten Shinhan and uh, Chaozu. And then finally we had King Piccolo. And then finally with Dragon Ball Z, it takes place five years after that where, where Goku is a 22-year-old and he's already married and he has a son. And so his older brother comes in from space and says, you're an alien, Kakarot, which is his real name, and we're going to destroy the world. And then Goku's like, no, I'm not going to let you do that. And uh, basically he dies and he is being trained by a guy named King Kai. And, you know, he, he learns that two other Saiyans are going to be going over to Earth and destroy the whole thing. And they have one year to train. So there's this huge story that's going on. It involves with like, you know, trying to find the Dragon Ball so they can resurrect their dead friends and defeating uh, like really iconic characters like Frieza and Cell and the and Doctor Zero and Android Seventeen and Eighteen and Sixteen and um, it's it's really complicated. Like it is like a thirty five year long history that you you need to like take at least a lot of time to do. Well, it. Well, Patricia, now, at, at any point within that, so, you know, very well described conversation, you know, a description of a Dragon Ball in regards to that. Like at no point did you say there was a girl with a giant boobs who gets raped by a hentai uh, tentacle monster. So like you know, uh, so as far as I'm concerned, uh, yeah, this Florida uh, congressional candidate is absolutely full of shit. So well, okay, now here's the thing. There, here's the thing, like, in Dragon Ball, there have been a few issues, well, a few moments in which, like, Bulma would, well, show up naked. Well, I mean, it's, it's Japan. It's anime, you know, like, yes, uh, there's, there's going to be, there, there's going to be fans, hey, on top of that, it's not just anime as well, there's been, like, so there's, there's even been fan service moments in Avatar, the last airbender for crying out loud, like, you know, like, uh, the, the, this stuff exists, okay, in modern animation, you know, and uh, when yeah, I say modern and, animation, and there's I'm also the not. one moment in which when, you know, in order for Bulma to, you know, get something from Master Roshi, she completely just strips herself, like, she reveals their skirt and she reveals that she's wearing apple absolutely nothing but that was meant as a joke that wasn't meant as like oh i'm gonna be like seductive or anything like that because master roshi is a very old man and he's known for being a pervert which is a major trope in anime that you always have to have the perverted sensei that's mm -hmm. a thing yeah but here's the thing like clearly kw miller has no condescending idea about you know, that Dragon Ball Z, he mentioned Z, by the way, which rarely, if not ever, had any moments like that, where, you know, a, par a character would be stripping down. I mean, there would be, there's actually one exception. I mean, okay, there's a handful of them, like with Bulma or with Vegeta, in which when, you know, he, um, you know, uh, he basically committed, you know, uh, Hirikari to blow himself up to defeat Boo, and then he showed up naked talking to Kakarot, 
okay, that actually did happen. But again, that's very minor. So, so to be honest with you, for sure, in regards to this, uh, this guy, I mean, it sounds like he's not even watching an episode of King of the Hill, let alone like, watch an episode of, uh, you know, Dragon Ball Z. So, I mean, like, okay, I'm sure, so, yeah, I'm, he clearly, he clearly does not, I mean, I, I understand that there are a lot of females in Dragon Ball Z that do look, you know, voluptuous. I mean, obviously there's Bulma and there's Videl and Android, well, Technically, Android 18 is an android, so she's a robot, so, you know, don't even count that. And then there's Chi-Chi, but to be fair, she's barely in the series, and she's kind of annoying at some points. And then Launch, who was in the original Dragon Ball, but she doesn't really feature that much in Z, if not at all, because Toriyama completely forgot about her. So, um... It, it's clear to me that he has only seen, like, maybe clips of it online where, you know, Unfortunately, that we have do have people. Do you know, who do you know, that, you know what makes me wonder? Like he says, he's like probably seen this stuff online. Like you know, I really hope he hasn't gone to. I hope he hasn't really like you know accidentally looked at some Rule Thirty Four or something like that. You know, that's that's probably uh, what's happened. Yeah, I I, you know what? I think that's exactly what happened because he said specifically Dragon Ball Z. He did not say the original Dragon Ball, which you have to remember it's 1986. You know that kind of stuff. You know, was kind of like loose back in the day when it came to censorship, and even, well, even I, I, like in the nineties, like you know, like uh, this, this stuff, like uh, you know, we had we had cartoon characters walking around naked at one point, like you know, like it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like you know, uh, um, you know, weird for that to happen, like you know, it was something, it was, it was a comedy bit that was you know constantly done. Yeah, so. exactly. It was used for comedy. It wasn't used for being sexual. It was yeah. just used to make people laugh or to give that awkward giggle. That I, was I, I, all I, I, there was. Like, how many times do we see Dexter in Dexter's laboratory in the buff? Like, yeah, that's like, true. Yeah, I mean, like if you remember, like all those scenes and you know him in the shower getting excited to go. It's like, yeah, that, 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 that was like that was like the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just a, so like and also as well, as well like if you remember the devil for or the red or the red guy if you will from cow and chicken when they decided to uh you know uh, politically correct the show like you know obviously he technically he was naked throughout the entire thing so mm-hmm. you know so like as far as we're concerned like you know this nudity was a thing you know back in there it wasn't by the way that wasn't porn you know like uh, so um and uh, no doubt like you know by the way like uh, in regards to american dad and uh you know family guy and things like that you know seth MacFarlane hasn't uh been uh, very uh, you know uh, uh it doesn't stay clear of using nudity jokes either so like uh, it's just uh so you know if uh this guy had bothered to like probably watch you know at least like an hour or two hours of animation at the least you know like uh it's like it's not porn it's just it's what it was a thing you know, like, yeah, uh, and and, and the, another thing he said in addition to that for Dragon Ball C is that he said that it was depraved. Well, which okay, it's a, it's a kids show. Like, well, yeah. even then he's like, he says, he's, he's, he's actually, I actually insult teenagers with that actually, and insult actually a lot of younger fans. It's, you know, it's it does a, it's a show with a serious premise. It's like saying Avatar: Last Evan is a kids show. It's far more than that, and uh, you know the fact that it's been rating uh, in the top ten in uh, Netflix for like over sixty days, I think is uh, proof of that. So. You know, I mean, clearly he was probably just seeing like various clips or like even fan art online and thinking like, oh, you know, this is depraved for kids and they shouldn't watch it or, you know, it's it's horrible for our society. It's like, dude, you know, if you get introduced to hentai, then, you know, sure. But it's it's a show for kids. You have to understand mm-hmm. that this is uh, this is a manga and animated series directly for children. It is not do, for a Do you cult. think I mean, he probably funny. might have also mentioned this because now he now that he's getting notoriety online for mentioning this, that you know, let's say for example he doesn't get to be Florida 
uh, get to be elected into the Florida Congress. He can, like, go online and make jokes and, like, you know, sell t-shirts and things like that because, obviously, he thinks Dragon Ball Z is a pawn or something like that. You know, like, uh, is he going to fall into kind of, like, that category of, like, the internet? Just that, that weird place where, you know, they ask him, like, you know, questions on, like, other, like, you know, trivia, you know, like, online and stuff like that, do mm. you think? I don't know. Does he? I'm not. I don't see any pictures of this guy. I don't even know what he does. So like, you know, is he that type? Does he look like that type of guy? I don't, I know. don't even know. Yeah, because you remember, like, you remember the guy who said, like, who was it? Like, the rent was too damn high. Do you remember that guy? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So like, and he made a whole deal with that. So like, uh, yeah. So anyway, that's you know a really what? awful I, way to finish. Yeah, I'm, done. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. So uh, thanks everybody for spending two hours with us. Which I think is, uh, I think, is that a record for Aaron and Patricia? I'm sure we've gone longer than that. I don't know. I'm sure we have, have but it has been one of our longest episodes for yeah, sure. Yeah, but uh, we've had a lot of, uh, to, uh, to get through today. So uh, thanks, everybody, for checking out the show. And uh, also, we will see you next week. And uh, if uh, we don't see you next week, we'll at least see you for the Search of the Crystal Skull. And we'll see you for other stuff as well. I will keep everybody informed on what's going on with the Aaron Metal Show website. And we'll keep everybody informed on when we're going to make our way to Anchor. Uh, I'm still trying to get us into other places as well. But uh, thanks to uh, Ghana for uh, taking us over in India for, uh, for, for their podcast feed. And uh, then... so. So until then, until we see you in uh, next week, uh, take care. Uh, have a good week, everybody, and bye-bye for now. See you later. Okay, plot twist. Uh, we've got something else we need to talk about before we end the show. So, uh, Patricia, what is it? Okay. Uh, so, K.W. Miller, we just discussed about a few minutes ago about, you know, he says that Dragon Ball Z is anime porn and, dis- and you know, basically just, um, you know, disgraceful. But... Literally, while we were recording, like, this happened 2.38 p.m. on today, August the 2nd. He said this. Pikachu is a disgraceful symbol of pedophilia. Why do you think they release him out of balls? Very sick. Pokemon and Pokemon Go is absolutely sickening. Um, I have absolutely no response to that. <laughs> I know, right? It's like... Is this guy serious? Um, I mean, he clearly, clearly, he's searching for like. Um, he clearly, he's looking for like. You know, uh, I, I don't take this guy seriously. Clearly, he's just looking for views and clicks and people to talk about him, like we're doing right now. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, what a what a really stupid thing to say. Yeah, I, th- I think at this point, I think uh, you know, I think we should just stop taking taking him seriously. I think if the, if the if the Dragon Ball Z thing hasn't sunk him, I think in regards to this election, I think surely the the Pokemon stuff should definitely do it. Because like, let's face it, you know, I was arguing before that um, you know the people who are complaining about uh, replacing all the Confederate statues across the United States, I said you should be very lucky that uh, you know um, they aren't replacing them with Pikachu's because the Pokemon has a far more of a, a, an, an effect on American society than the conf- fucking Confederacy ever did. Yeah. So, yeah. But hey, it's uh, nice to put in that little tidbit before we close off this show. So, uh, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as we're concerned, you know, if politicians start going off on uh, Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon and not going off about why the uh, the garbage isn't being taken out on a regular day or why coronavirus is not being taken care of or why the government isn't doing the things you want it to do, yeah, go vote for the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay, take care, everybody. Bye.